Hello everyone, this is Caleb, your GM. A quick word before our show today. In this episode, we use chase mechanics, and I do it wrong. Now, we don't always follow the rules as written. I have a host of house rules, and I do things differently than the way they're laid out in the books a lot. But in this case, it was an accident. I didn't consciously do it wrong. I only mention this so anyone listening to this doesn't think that's the way you're supposed to do chases. Everything still worked out fine, but I just wanted to let you guys know. Last time on Trailblazers, the party decided to take the necromancer Malganus up on his offer and are going to raise Thaddeus from the dead as soon as they are able. David had a nightmare involving Freddy, as did Setsuko, but upon travel to the SCP Foundation, found him safe in a cell. Ichiro attempted to assassinate Lightning, but failed and died in the process. The party received insight from Mr. Cash on the weaknesses and inner workings of the clockwork, and they revealed this to their generals, as the North has decided to go to war with the Empire soon. All to start with a coordinated attack one month from now, taking out both the leadership of the Empire and its clockwork factories all in one fell swoop. The party then traveled to Zeratul to find out his progress on the Black Book, and when they arrived found an anomaly occurring at his place, and the entire fortress disappeared, leaving only a single page of the Black Book floating to the ground. The party picked it up and were teleported far away to the floating city of Gilgamesh, and an oracle there told them to find the page of the Black Book again to find their way home. They were told it resided with the man in red. Will the party be able to reacquire the page? What is happening with the war effort while they're away? Can the party survive this supernatural detour? Find out this week on Trailblazers. You see uh, the person in red. What? Uh, and they're a distance away. What do you do? I shoot the man in red. And I go, <laughs> I haven't killed anybody since 1987. <laughs> But he was in a market, right? Like out in the... Yeah, you're out in like kind of a big market. Oh yeah, you also found out that in a week, the Empire's coming and everybody's assuming yeah. you just showed up early. You've told no one the truth. The Empire's coming, the Empire's coming. But the guy in red was actually talking to like a vendor or something, right? Yeah. I casually stroll over to there. Casually pull out my pistol. Area. But I don't like walk right up to him. I just kind of go... You know, he's talking to vendors who are in a market, so I just kind of casually sure. put myself in here. Your shot of him. Yeah. Okay. You get near to him, and uh, and uh, you hear him. He's just talking. He's just shooting the breeze. He's not even like making deals. He's just catching up with somebody. I look at David. What do you want to do? I could use Mage Hand to try and pick his pocket. Kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> Kill them all. It's just that there's no picture. I don't see David at all. I just hear. Kill them all. <laughs> I changed my mind. Instead of ruling the North, let's rule Waterworld. <laughs> but you have to be elected here, David. Not if everybody's dead. Then it's just our big boat floating city thing. That is, that's, I like the logic. It's not wrong. I'm like, I need a good dictator. And I tap him on the shoulder. I say, uh, excuse me. He turns around and goes, uh, hello. Oh, somebody from the Empire. And you're like, oh, you're like hot, but you're out in the sun. There's not a lot, like, I guess there's some shade, but still, it's hot out here. Um, Two things. So oh, you got a nice little ocean breeze, but it's it's hot. Um, is uh does Mage Hand require any outward spell casting? Well, sure. When you look at the spell, it'll say S for somatic, which is uh your visual. You, you have to make motions, or V for verbal, which means you got to make some sound, or both, or neither. V S. Yes, you have to both make special uh, motions and say special words. That's dumb. I'll let you make like a stealth check to secretly try to secretly cast it. Okay. What are you trying uh, to cast? Mage hand. To do what? Pick his pocket. <laughs> okay. Uh, so David's talking to him. Yes. People, uh, people would see the hand though, right? 
Uh, you see like a floating hand. Yeah, if people, yeah, people might notice it. That's what your stealth is about. You're trying to get not noticed. What you would do is you would roll your stealth to cast it without anyone seeing it, and then you would roll your sleight of hand to try to pickpocket without anyone seeing it. One roll covers your movements and speaking. The other roll covers actually picking the pocket. Okay, I'm not doing that. Forget it. Okay. All right. I, I, uh, I extend my hand. Um, David. Hello, Crescent. And he shakes your hand. It's good to meet you, Crescent. So I take it you're not from the Empire? Uh, it's it's a Crescent. Crescent. Yes. I take it you're not from the Empire? No, no, no. This is my home. I Man, I guess we're all on the way kind of from the Empire. Oh, so you, you live here? Yes. Yes, I do. Well, let me ask you something. Have you... Have you ever visited the uh, fortune teller here? Fortune teller? Uh, I'm not aware of any fortune tellers here. Well, there definitely is one, because we saw one last night. We were with one last night here. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. What did you learn? What was really interesting was the fortune teller kind of foresaw this meeting between us. He foresaw this meeting between us? Really? Isn't that interesting? Which is why I came over and said hi. Oh, what did he say would happen? Well, we're kind of waylaid here. It's a long story. We're waylaid here without a ship. And the fortune teller seemed to think... Uh, David, you were interrupted by a noise in your head. Just a... You're like seeing a white spot. Physically, like, your vision is obscured. It is, it is incredible pain. And you, uh... Everything goes white. White? White, man in white, man white. He's responsible. It was him. You've you've so you've solved my color riddle. I'm so proud of you. Um, everything goes white, and it kind of fades back, and it's everything's very dark, very very dark. Does such a light hit me? Yes, it happens to you too. You're in, in a very dark room, and, and it's kind of getting a little brighter. Some the candlelight is being is being uh, you know projected against a sort of cave wall. And uh, it's kind of a, a, you're kind of in a small room. And in the room is uh, a woman uh, whose face is covered. And in the room are Wervians. Then you realize the woman with her face covered is Setsuko. And you also see Formians, which were those insect-like creatures. Uh, almost centaur in size. Uh, if you remember fighting them in... Obnixilis's tomb. You see a couple of them in the room, and um, and Setsuko is is she's kind of like standing there looking at the door, and she looks kind of like anxious. The kind of Warvian kind of looks at her, and she looks at the Warvian, and she looks at the Formian who looks at her, and then they all look back at the door. You can hear someone coming down some sort of steps outside the door, and um, and, and the door opens, and in comes two men. Lightning and his translator. And as they go into the room, Setsuko says, You've made a mistake coming here, Lightning. And Lightning's translator says to her, I just... I just want to talk, Setsuko. Can we just talk? And she stays quiet for a little while, and then gestures her hand towards him, saying, No one's stopping you. Lightning starts like... Like, very nervously, like, not moving in the room very much. And he says... Same with his translator. Suko, this is crazy. What's happening right now... I don't understand it. 
My friends are trying to kill each other. There's a war going on. There's just a lot of stuff that doesn't make any sense, Zuko. And, and I wanted to come and talk about it because I think that if we just talk about it, this whole thing can be cleared up. And she kind of raises an eyebrow and says, uh, you think talking can fix all this? And he starts getting a little more comfortable, Lightning does, uh, and his translator. He goes, yes, Suko, listen, I think we can just, I think if we understand what's happening, we can fix it. <laughs> I mean, I am finding myself on an opposite side of a war against you. I mean, we're friends. You're, you're practically like, like, like my niece, you know? <sighs> David's called you his daughter for so long. Why are we fighting each other? I th I, we, we can stop all this. We can just... Just stop it. And she just looks at him and remains quiet. And Lightning nervously, after a bit of silence, continues to talk. Listen. And he starts walking to the side of the room, pacing very nervously. This whole situation, like... There's something about about what we're doing that's wrong and I think I know the solution. I think the solution is we all just go. Let's just go. You, me, David, let's go. Just just like the old times. We'll we'll go somewhere, we'll, we'll forge some sort of adventure. We'll do something together just the three of us, just like the way it was. And and we can be happy again. And she um she breaks her silence, saying, I think your nostalgia is blinding you, Lightning. I don't remember the good old days being the good old days. You want us to just walk away. Even if I wanted to do that, what's to say David would even remotely come for this plan? Did he send you? And Lightning goes, no, no, David didn't send me. I came on my own. Nobody knows I'm here. You sent... Ichiro to kill me and and that's just not and she goes yeah and you hung and, and you ripped him into different pieces and put him on poles in front of your palace and lightning says I took those down that was done in anger and, and hot blood and by someone who wasn't connected with the three of us alright he was against my life and I chose to take it down you understand I, I, I forgive him and I think if I could forgive Ichiro for trying to kill me David can get past you trying to kill... You both try to kill each other. If you both just kind of, like, trade in debts, you'll both be even, right? And, and everybody can just get along. And and we can just leave. And we can let this whole place just... They can get out their own problems, all right? This place is, has a magical ability to just tear people apart. David and Thaddeus were together, and Thaddeus chose to be apart. Even though it didn't make any sense. And, and now you and David, even though David was doing everything he could for you, and you were living a comfortable, happy life, you guys are now torn apart. There's something about this place, something in the air, or maybe in the food or in the water, that just makes everyone want to go apart. And I say we just leave the place. Give, give rulership to the country, to whoever wants it. Give your Werbians to their leaders. And, and the three of us just go. We can go somewhere, and we can... And we can be happy, alright? We can just go and... Thaddeus is going to be revived. David has found a way. It'll be the four of us again. It'll be... And now all those things hunting David are gone. So we don't have to worry about Freddy coming back or all that crap. 
We can be together again. It could be like a real, a real family. We can do this, Setsuka. Let's put behind us all this, this intrigue. Setsuka kind of looks down. <sighs> okay. All right, Lightning. And Lightning, he like, that's like a burden falls off of him. He goes, oh. I knew, I knew you would be reasonable, Setsuko. I knew it. And he turns around and look on the wall, and on the wall hanging up uh, is the mask that she put on to get in a tomb of Amixus's tomb that kind of consumed her a little bit. And he goes over and he kind of he's like touching. He's like, "Oh, it'll be great, Setsuko. It'll be, it'll be just like the good old days." And a Worvian comes up behind the translator, puts his arm over him, and covers his mouth, and slits the translator's throat. And it's too quiet. Uh, you know, with lightning was back to it, he can't hear it. And Setsuko uh, pulls out a dagger, holds it in both hands in front of her, and looks at it. She goes, "Yeah, it'll be just like the good old days." And she goes up to him, and she drives the dagger into his back. Everything goes white again, and you guys start start regaining consciousness. You guys are on your backs. It's nighttime now, and you're on, you're on your backs, and you're looking up at a roof, the uh, ceiling, the inside of a roof, uh, and you hear somebody saying, "Hey, hey, I think I think he's coming too. I think he's coming too." I look around. You see that you're in a room uh, with a candle lit. Uh, it's night outside, and there is two merfolk, a male and a female. And uh, Crescent is in there. And the male and the female you recognize as the two um, merfolk who were talking with you when you guys were at the beach with Valerian. Oh, is David nearby? Yeah, he's in a bed next to you. And you both have a, a splitting headache. Not quite the migraine that happened while you were having the vision, but uh, a, a headache. I look at David. I swear I'm going to kill her. I'm going to rip her limb from limb. Oh, my head. I gain control of myself, and I see who's around me. I'm like, my apologies. And, uh, and and one of the merfolk, the girl, comes over to you, and she hands you a cup of something and takes your fingers and puts it around it and goes, uh, go sit up, but not too much. Drink this. I do so. Yeah, me too. Okay, it tastes very She fishy. gave me. She gave the cup to me, David. <laughs> I thought it was both of us. It's fine. It could be both of you. Uh, it tastes very, very fishy. Ooh, it's it's almost gagging. Almost gag-inducing. And she goes, I know it's bad, just drink it. I swig it down real quick. I think you two, uh, two were, uh, not used to being around here, are you? I think you two, uh, had a bit of, a bit too much touch of the sun, a bit of a heat stroke. You guys passed out right in the middle of, uh, the market. Yeah, that must have been it. Thank you for, uh, taking care of us. No problem. My name is Marilla. This is my husband, Leo Maris. I recognize you two. They kind of further around look at each other. You do? Mm, are my apologies. I, I don't think I ever met you. Leo Maris, you remember these two? And he says, uh, I'm sorry, I, I do not. Where did we meet? You said they were the same couple from the beach, right, Caleb? Just yeah. so I make sure I didn't hear. I wasn't yes, hearing yes. Um, at that day at the beach. The day at the beach. Sorry, you're not triggering any memory, memories, mm -hmm. uh, sir. What's your name? Maybe that'll help. Uh, my name is Thorn. I don't remember meeting any Thorn. My apologies. 
Yeah, it must have been another another couple. You look strikingly like them. My apologies. Problem, problem. You guys, you guys just need to get some rest. Maybe so. Crescent walks over. He goes, "Glad to see you awake." You passed yeah, out so- mid conversation there. Uh, sorry about that, Mr. David. Right? Yes. I'm just glad you're okay. I'll tell you what. Uh, Marilla says you guys can sleep over tonight if you want, and if you're feeling good in the morning, you know, see if you can't get up. But uh, you guys need to drink a lot of water, all right? Don't stay out in the sun too long. Of course, we're we're not quite used to this climate. That's all right. But uh, Crescent, we need to uh, finish that conversation when we're feeling a little bit better. He taps your hand and says, "In the morning, you need your rest, all right?" Agreed. You go to sleep. And uh, and uh, they blow out the candle, and they close the door, and they leave the room. Or leave the room and close the door. <laughs> Order would be important in that case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look at David. She murdered him. She Are we murdered alone? him. In- yes. Okay. To all that you can tell, you're alone. She murdered him. She murdered him in cold blood. We don't know what's real and what's not real. It looked real enough to me. It was a vision. It could just easily be something that is going to happen. Not something that happened. What we Fine. need to focus on is getting out of here. You definitely can't kill her from here. I swear if I ever get my hands around her. Let's try and rest then. Unless you have something else we need to talk about. I just think we need to be completely forthcoming with Crescent when we talk to her. Kind of cut to the chase. Yeah, let's see how that would go. Hello, I'm Miroku Saki, King in the North. No, not that. The whole thing with the fortune teller. Let's not try to beat around the bush. Okay. I would not need to tell him who we are. In fact, I prefer you if you don't. So do I. I'd take a quick look around the room to see if there's anything important. Even what you almost did with the fish people. Let's not connect ourselves that whole with the emperor and all this Ag- business. Agreed. Uh, there's not much in the room that's um, interesting except for the fact that you're very much on the first floor, you know, because there's like standing water, maybe up to it, ankle high. The, in the bed room? is dry. Yeah, the bed is dry, but... Uh, they're standing water. That must be a shock in the morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I try to get some sleep. Same with you, Thaddeus? Thorn? Um, I stay awake for a little while, just right. listening. Okay, you hear some talking uh, from the rest of the house occupants. Can I make anything up? Uh, perception check. I have a 26. Uh, they're talking with Crescent, saying goodbye to him, and speaking a little about you guys and how strange it was to meet you guys, and weird that there's people from the Empire here so early. But they're eventually saying goodbyes. Fear spies. Fear Imperial spies. Fear us the papers. All right, so you go to sleep? Yeah, we go to sleep. All right, you wake up in the morning, you wake up to your door being opened, and uh, Marilla comes in, and she has uh, a tray, and it has breakfast on it. Oh, you're too kind. How are you two feeling? Better. Much better, thank you. Glad to hear it. Here, eat up, have some breakfast, get your strength back. Thank you. How are you today? I'm good. I'm actually very busy. I have to leave soon, but Leo Maris will be back in a couple minutes, and he can help you with anything you want, all right? Of course, thank you. Is there anything I can do for you while I'm still here? No, you've already done so much. All right. You two stay safe now, all right? Of course. And she closes the door. You're private again. Alright, I do a quick, um, like, equipment check just to make sure you still have everything. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you find that there is nothing missing. Okay. I'll do the same. You find all the things you expect to find. Okay. Yeah, let's just take two heavily armed travelers into our home. Well, I'm not heavily armed. I'm heavily armed. All your equipment, I'm sure, is, like, 
in your backpack on a chair somewhere in the room. I actually have a question. Not that it matters too much, just just so I know for the game. So you know my bow that shoots the magic arrows? Yes. To just like the naked eye, it would just look like there'd be no way to perceive that if there's anything special about it, it would just look like I have a bow and no arrows, right? Yeah, it would actually be up to you telling me how much did you get this bow to look special? Did you get it engraved in all that stuff? Then someone might suspect it. If it looks ordinary, people would expect it to be ordinary. No, Unless fact, someone I, has some innate and magical detection. That would be my thought, would be I'd want it to look like I'm carrying a bow and no Yeah, arrows. unless somebody was a magic user who had some sort of innate uh, aptitude towards magic, any normal person, common person, would think of it as a bow. In fact, I like that it's an ordinary bow, not even something worth stealing, let's say. Right, right. Like a common bow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Alright, what do you guys do? We need to find Crescent. Yeah. Uh, so I get up, I get my stuff together. Yeah, me too. Um, I look at David, do we want to leave our leave our bags here? Do you want to take them with us? Well, considering all of the recent teleportation issues, I'd say we keep everything with us. Agreed. I eat, eat up, and I walk out the door. All right. Me too. All right, when you go and open up the door, you nearly fall into a, a pit. There's this big pit in the middle of the room that just water and goes down into darkness. You're not sure where it goes down to. And there's another door that leads outside. And that, that door opens, and in comes Leo Maris. The lady's husband and he says oh you two are up yes yes how are you today sir good good to see you guys up and about yeah we're feeling much better thank you for your hospitality we can't thank you enough oh how could i not help is there anything we could do to repay you for your kindness no no please no happy that you guys are okay thank you you are kind um before our incident in which you came to our rescue i really do have very pressing business with Crescent, do you know where we could find him? Oh yeah, sure. I can. I can take you to his house. I would appreciate that. Oh yeah, no problem. I, I, come follow me. All right, and uh, you go along, and he eventually goes down to some houses, and he stops by the way, and it kind of like kills you that he sits, like talks to somebody, and is like <laughs> delaying by having all these conversations. Uh, and what when you get to the end goal, you find out that would have been like a ten minute walk, ended up being about an hour because of all these old detours. Mm-hmm. But you eventually get there, and he goes, uh, "Here's," and he knocks on the house, and the door opens up, and Crescent, uh, he's soaked head to toe, and he's uh, he's like dripping, like fresh out of the water, and opens mm-hmm. up and says, uh, "Oh, oh, my friends, come on in, come on in." Can't go in. All right, there's like no dry spot to sit. Everything's wet. <laughs> Does he kind of look like Kevin Costner? Sure. <laughs> David, there you go. Okay. No, yeah, he, wow, I, no, wow. no, no, no. He doesn't. He looks exactly like Kevin Costner. <laughs> not, not even with makeup. Just like if you take a picture right now. Sweet. <laughs> anyway, uh, question says, uh, sit down. You know, I, I've been laying down for so long. I think I, I want to stand for a little while. All right, all right. Uh, how can I help you, folks? Hey, Leo Maris, how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. How's the wife? Oh, she's doing good. She's doing good. Well, if you don't mind, I'd really like to finish our conversation from yesterday before we were interrupted by our little episode. Yes, yes, you were saying uh, some some prophet told you we would talk to each other. Yeah. Did tell you, the, the prophet tell you about you uh, falling unconscious? No, that was unexpected. Maybe we should get our money back. <laughs> but he was dead on about you, so uh, it's quite interesting to me that we should actually meet. Well, here we are, met. I kind of at a, a loss for words. I can't remember now. Did he say... What was with the piece of paper? Did he say something specific? Yeah, I have like three of them. He said if you find it two more times. So we had a piece of paper? 
You guys touched a piece of paper from the black book, which teleported you here in the first place, but then you couldn't find it. And the last time you saw it was in the back pocket of Crescent. And so that was one more time now. Well, I noticed in your pocket yesterday you had a, a document. Yeah, yeah, I found that uh, yesterday. You know anything about it? I might. Do you still have it? No, no, I, uh, I gave it to some collector. A friend of mine, he thought it was interesting, so I didn't have any use for it, so I gave it to him. Do you know where this collector is? Well, yeah, sure. You've already so special about it. It could be nothing, but I'd have to see it to know. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll be happy if you have any information on what it is. Sure. Could you uh, tell us where that is or take us there? Yeah, sure, sure. It's a little curiosity shop kind of on the other end of, um, of Gilgamesh. I can bring you over if you want. That's uh, kind of you. Yeah. And he uh, goes and opens the door. Yes, yeah, sure. Let's, uh, let's, let's go. You guys up for a little bit of walk, though. Okay. Uh, this time I made sure I brought water yeah <laughs> um and we're kind of just talking to him along on the way there okay just asking about the paper how he found it yeah i just it was just lying there and thought it was kind of weird we don't use a lot of paper around here everything gets so wet so mm -hmm. it was just unique so where are you guys from originally the southern isles really yes i used to do a couple trips down the southern isles yes i i haven't been there in a long time but uh that i consider it home Oh, yeah, it's a nice place. How'd you feel about the whole Empire thing saying, hey, you're ours now? Uh, regretfully, I wasn't around to see it. I uh, I was out of country at, at, time, at the time. But I'm not sure how to feel about it still. Yeah, it's a weird thing. We try not to get involved. We kind of like stay to do our own thing. We do trading and stuff. Because mm -hmm. we need some stuff and they need some stuff. But, yeah, you know, we try to keep quiet. We don't have a lot of action around here, you know? I... I, I'm sure I can appreciate the the concept. It's a peaceful place where nobody wants to hurt anybody else, you know? I can understand. Kind of place where you just give a guy a piece of paper that's unique without exchanging money, you eat food off the off the sales instead, people just give you just give you food because they have it. If you have it and you have more than you need, why wouldn't you let other people have some of it? It just makes sense. I don't get why a lot of people don't get that. You would be surprised. Precious few weapon shops around here. I'll tell you that. I see you guys. You seem to pretty well armed. Uh, I take your uh, your travels, bring you up against some rough people. I take it. For for our own defense, to be sure. Oh, to be sure. To be sure. Yeah, it seemed like a nice enough couple. Oh, we're we're he he's my he's my mentor. Okay. Cool. Cool. What does he teach you? All sorts of things. Um, Self defense, uh, rhetoric, how to. Be more polite in public society. Oh, cool. Um, As you're walking, you're like you're, you're like your boots are all wet now. It's mm -hmm. just everything's very uncomfortable. It's hot. You're sweating inside all your clothes, and everything's all wet. And just, oh, not not the most pleasant of experiences. You know, I forgot to get you guys to do this morning. Roll another Constitution check. Do you want to do that? Yeah, got to do that to see if you get seasick. D20, right? Yep. Plus your Constitution modifier, which is the smaller number. The bigger number is known as your score. Stay on the table. Where's my thing? Uh, right. 11. 11. Mm. <laughs> Five. Okay. Uh, while David's looking a little green and feeling a little woozy, he's not having uh, any uh, regurgitation. Meanwhile, Dom needs to take a moment as he uh, feels a quick movement and has to, has to go puke a little bit in the corner. Yeah, he... Excuse me. 
Sorry, we don't have our sea legs yet. He puts his hand on your shoulder and just says, "Ah, don't worry, friend. A lot of you, a lot of people from the Empire, uh, a lot of you, a lot of you uh, land dwellers, seem to have trouble on our boat." You know, fun fact: I've not thrown up in twelve years. I'm glad you've counted. I go over to Thorn and I'm like, "Stop embarrassing us! <laughs> You're embarrassing me in front of my friends. Oh gosh." Sorry, boss. Whoa! <laughs> oh, my friends. And your friend wants some bagel bites. No, mom. You, you guys want some bagel bites? <laughs> no, she, no, she, mom. Okay. She, she likes to put some, some parmesan on it. She, she's got palsy, so she puts a lot of parmesan. No, 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 mom. We're good. <laughs> All right. You guys are walking for a little bit, and uh, the whole boat goes, kind of does like a little thing, as if as if a wave passed underneath it. Crescent kind of stops. Kind of looks left and right. What was that? You know, occasionally creatures from the ocean bother us. Usually, you know, the merfolk, you know, they're good friends of ours, and they keep most of them at bay. And But they'll let, you know, safe ones pass by. Maybe that was a whale or something underneath us. Nothing to worry about. But something to worry about, they would tell us by now. There'd be shouting and yelling, and then all of a sudden you start hearing shouting and yelling coming from around. You mean like that? Yeah, that, that, that sounds about like that. And then another big, and it almost you can see the wave coming at you. And then, and Crusher goes, you know, maybe, maybe we should go inside. Where do we go? And before you can even finish that sentence, the wood explodes in front of you, and a massive tentacle comes up and breaks through. Uh, you see tentacles everywhere. Not unlike the tentacles that were all over uh, Zeratul's archives, but not exactly the same either. And uh, they would like come out and they go back in the water and uh, you see Crescent was knocked on his back and he's completely unconscious at this point. Uh, and you can see in the distance, um, like people are, are running around and people are moving by with weapons and it's a lot of merfolk weapons, but a few Gilman weapons. And I need everybody's initiative. Man, are we gonna get in a fight? I forget how to fight. Nine. Can I get, can I get, 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 can I get, what initiative? 20. All right, and you see um, some of the, the um, Gilman are trying to herd people um, towards actually where you were going, the other end of Gilgamesh, and they're kind of like a bunch of people are rushing by you, and you see why when you turn around that there is a swarm of tentacles behind you coming out from the water, breaking through some things, they're trying to rush everyone to safety. There's... Countless tentacles. You couldn't count them all. There are so many. So, you're going to use this wonderful thing I got here. Chase cards. Chase cards are cool. So, the uh, way it chase works in Pathfinder is you run, and uh, you're, you're assuming you're making four actions to run. What? <laughs> Just I'm sorry, go ahead. Just the way you said that. You run, and then you die. That's what I, that's what I meant. And then the game is over. Uh... And you come against obstacles, and there's two ways to get around each obstacle, and if you can make it, you successfully go on to the next one, and if you can't, you stay behind, and you have to attempt it again, uh, and if you fail too many, whatever's chasing you will catch you, which in this case is vicious uh, tentacles. So you guys begin rushing, and uh, David's up first. David, the first thing that you guys, you come across is a uh, tentacle bursts out, and you can see like a, a part of a building falls over. This big old plank in your way. You can either try a dash across with an acrobo acrobatics check, um, a hard acrobatics check, or you can try to climb over it. It's labeled, it will probably hold, 
with a knowledge engineering check of moderate. So which would you rather do? Can I put on my blink ring and try to blink through it? Oh, I like that. Um, the blink ring allows you to pass through stuff? Yeah, we already went through this. Yeah, sure. You just, you, I forget there's a way we roll that it's just I take the chance that I'm actually blinking at that moment. Yeah, sure. Look at the description of your blinking ring. I'm sure it's probably like a I know it says it, it has the same thing as the, the blinking power. And That's it all it's going to it say. Doesn't, see, step through solid objects for each five solid... Five feet of solid material walkthrough, there is a 50% chance. Alright, it's only five feet, it's no bigger than that. So go ahead and roll a d100. 51 or above, you get caught. 50 or below, you get through. 16. Alright, you you put on the ring and you go right through it. Uh, I need you to remember how many rounds you have that ring on. The more rounds you do it, uh, you start getting some ill effects. Alright, awesome. Uh, now, uh, you, get a, you get to that there... Uh, Thorne, what do you do? Crescent's body's behind us? Yes. Thorne must have been like, damn it, when he sees me blink right through the thing. <laughs> I, I have to blink. Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you do, Thorne? Um, will I incur penalties if I put, pick Crescent up and drag him behind me? Uh, yeah, you can't run and drag somebody. And so I, his body... You can try to carry him, but you'll be going, uh, you won't be able to run. You'll have to walk. Chase, make a decision quick. Run. All right, you run. Acrobatics. Do it. Seven. Eight. Eight. I got an eight. Eight. Uh, you trip over it, and you are, st and you get stuck there. Uh, meanwhile, David is on to the next one. David, uh, you see that there is uh, some of the the path is broken up before you, and there is uh, you can you can kind of look spy and you can see oh there's a shortcut in the roofs. You can either try to jump uh, across to each one. With acrobatics DC of 25. Or this is kind of a weird one, but uh, it's, it says, uh, been here before with a knowledge local, very difficult check. You can uh, find an alternate route. I'll go for the acrobatics. I take off the blink ring, by the way. Okay. Nope. I don't want to blink through it when I try to jump. <laughs> 21. Oh, you fall on your face as you're going through the planks and the thing kind of moves. You fall and you weren't able to quite do it. Um, now it goes back to... Uh, Thorin. First off, you see things get closer to you, and uh, you fall over the planks, so it's no longer an obstacle, you've gotten past it, and you come up to the rooftop shortcut. Would you like to make an acrobatics DC, uh, acrobatics very hard, or a knowledge local very hard to get past it? I'll do the acrobatics. Okay. Nine. Wow, that was quick. You also uh, can't keep your footing. Uh, the thing uh, gets to where the plank was, a lot, a lot of the, the danger, the tentacles and stuff. We're not very good at acrobatics. No, no. You get past the, uh, you clamber through the roofs, and you get to a um, uh, some uh, some more debris and stuff that's fallen over. You can try to scamper over it with a hard cl uh, hard climb check, or you can try to just break your way through uh, the stuff with a strength check, moderate. Strength check. We add our bonus, right? Yeah, your strength uh, modifier. I'll David, David first. I know David. So it's either climb or strength. Yep. I go climb. All right. Wait, the strength is the modifier, right? The smaller number? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go climb. The DM wouldn't, the GM, excuse me, wouldn't ever let us use the big number. No, it informs all the other little numbers. I don't make it. A seven. Okay, uh, yeah, you, you try to climb over it and you get all stuck in it. Now it's just, uh, back to Thorin's turn. Same question. 26. All right, you climb over it. David, you... 
scamper over it. And you now get to uh, a path, and then it's like the raft has been broken between, and there's like water. So if you fall, you'll, you'll fall to the water, where obviously there's something evil lurking below. You can try to find an alternate route with a knowledge local check of 15, or you can try to swim across with a check of 15. Knowledge local. Nice. Yeah, I got it. 24? Yeah, alright. You see, oh, you look around, you're like, oh, I can, I can make this. And you see like a, a path around it, and you go around it. Same question to you, Don, uh, Thorne. Swim 22? Sure, you get into the water, and you can feel things moving below you. You can get up, and you successfully get past the thing. And uh, the mass of tentacles and stuff has now just gotten to where that rooftop was. And uh, now you come across like a, an open, an open um, hatch. Uh, you can try to jump over it with an easy acrobatics, or you can try to quick see it before you come to it and, and get around it um, with a per hard perception check. I'll go acrobatics. Uh, 14. You make it, you jump over it successfully. Thorn, you now come across it. Perception. 23. Alright, as you're running, you're like, oh, you see it, and you kind of move inside of it. Tentacles now get to the point where there was all that uh, kind of like broken up stuff. Um, now, uh, there's some smaller tentacles in your way. Uh, not quite as big as the other ones. Uh, though they're of all uh, sizes. And they start grabbing at you, and they start wrapping around your feet, uh, going to go around your feet and stuff. You can try to just, you know, run through it and try to see if you can't slip by it, slip free of it with an escape artist check of moderate, or you can try to quietly sneak past it and maybe not draw their attention with a hard stealth check. I'll go escape artist. Nice. Uh, twenty-nine. Nice. You uh, you you slide through it, and as they grab you, you just maneuver just such a way that it doesn't matter to you, and you get through it. I don't think I'm going to make it. Um, stealth. Four. Oh. <laughs> uh, you get absolutely entangled by the tentacles. And uh, the, the things chasing you now get to the point where there was that hole that you had to swim through. And it's now uh, Thor uh, David's turn. You now come to... Um, you step on something and the wood gives away. You can either uh, try to do a reflex, hard reflex check. Or you can see if you can't uh, quickly rig something to help you get over it um, before you quite step on it and fall with a difficult disabled device check. I'll do the reflex. 22. All right, you make it. You, uh, as it kind of claps underneath you, you get one good foot jump off and you get to the next spot. It is Thorne's turn, who takes a turn just to... Be the tentacles, and right behind you is all the stuff behind you. If you fail one more time, it will catch up to you. David, uh, your final check. There is another great break, and then right beyond that is a great big flat area. It wasn't flat before, but the tentacles have destroyed much of it. You can do a leap of faith with an acro hard acrobatics check, or you can see if you can spot another way to get on that with a uh, perception check. A moderate perception. I'll do perception. 27. Awesome. You jump over it, and you are now in the area that people had seemed to be getting evacuated to. Uh, it is now Thorin's turn. Uh, what are the two options again for this? Disable device, uh, 20, or reflex 20. Reflex? Yeah. This is uh, the, the, the four that broke away. No, but reflex that skill, or? It's uh, one of your three saves, reflex, will, and... Oh! I should have known that. Um, you know, I'll try reflex. Because right. I don't have disabled device. Me neither. 15. As things are breaking around all around you, your foot falls through and gets... Of course. Uh, David, 
you see things are getting to him. Uh, if you make a successful attack roll, it will delay them enough to he, he can get free. Okay, I, uh, I draw my bow. Alright. Do you remember your bow goes against normal AC, uh, whereas your gun goes against touch AC? Oh, really? Then alright, then gun. Uh, 27. Ooh. Oh, yes, you hit it. Gunshot goes off, rings through the air, and it hits some tentacles that withdraw back into the water. Uh, you now get your foot on Jam Thorn, and you come to the chasm. And uh, you can try to jump over it with Acrobatics DC, or you can try to find a way around with a Perception. Perception. 21. Alright, you see the way around that David took, and you follow it. And you successfully get on the platform with David. And now you guys are on the platform, uh, you see that a lot of people are, are pushed into the center with a lot of the merfolk and things around it. And they're all shouting out orders in a language you don't understand. Unless any of you have Auckland. No. And, uh, and, and they're shouting and, and they're hurling people in the middle. Um, and it looks like all the people who are unarmed are in the middle and anyone who's armed is going to the outside. It's your choice. Do you want to be with the survivors in the center or go on the outside to face with, the danger? I draw my sword and look at David. Uh, I, I raise my gun and stay on the outside. And I stick right next to my Rokusaki. Okay, alright. And you see all the tentacles and things that were like chasing and breaking things all go under. And it's kind of quiet for a moment. And then things start rumbling really quick. And uh, you hear Merfolk shout something that you don't understand. And tentacles come up, five of them, all around you. Or eight of them, sorry. All around you. And one of the Merfolk looks to you and says, um, Focus on the tentacles. Everybody pick their own target. David, you get to go first. What do you do? I guess I uh, take aim on one and shoot. 36. Oh, it's a hit. Uh, is it evil? It is not. Eight. You puncture a hole in it, and you see, like, black mist instead of red mist comes out from behind it. All right, uh, that makes it uh, the tentacle you just shot's turn, and it goes uh, to whack you there. 21. Hit your miss. AC. It slams, and it hits you, but you don't take any damage. You're able to stand up to it. Uh, another tentacle near you goes to also swipe at you, and it does uh, 17. Miss. <laughs> that one you just dodge right out. And one of the other tentacles goes after Thorin with a 23. This is my armor class, correct? Yep. 23 is a hit. And Okay, then a 30 will be a hit. I am not Thaddeus. Nothing could hit that boy. 11 damage. Does it hit you? Yeah. And uh, it is now... Uh, the other tentacles, the other four tentacles, are being engaged by the other people. Making it uh, David's turn again. What about me? You just... You not, oh, you just got hit. You didn't go. Sorry, it is your turn now. That hurts, you know? That really hurts my feelings. <laughs> um, okay, I cast Lightning Bolt at the tentacle that just hit me. Okay. I'm kind of, kind of pissed. Um, so let me go to it. Yeah. Is there a reason you're casting it instead of just hitting it with your sword to deliver the spell? No. Okay. I'll hit it with my sword. Well, do you know how that works? I think so. Remember when Caleb told you, like, two weeks ago? Know, hey, remember, look up how you fight. I know. You saying I want to cast a spell kind of makes me think you didn't do that. But go I ahead. It's one action, so I didn't think it was that, but okay. I, I hit it with my sword, and I cast Lightning Bolt on it as I hit it with my sword. I just want to do damage, Caleb. Can, can we just skip this whole thing, and then every time I hit something? So I'm reading it for you, since I know you didn't. Thank you slows everything down and I hate you. I know. 
So you make your weapon attack at a minus two penalty, and then okay. allows you to cast a spell from your other hand. Okay. Long, long as it has, the spell has a casting time of one standard action or less. Yes, it does. What level are you, 10? 10. It's a full round attack. You can make all his attacks with his melee weapon and minus two penalty. Alright. So I hit it with my weapon and I take a minus two penalty to my attack roll. Yep. Okay. Four, minus two, plus seven. Nine. Miss. Okay. But you can still cast that spell. I do cast it. And so uh, it has a DC 15 reflex save. Alright. Can't believe it. I'm so upset with you for not. Even I know. Right. I, 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 told I know. You. I know. It passes. Crap. So the bolt misses. Okay, never mind. My turn. No, it does half damage. So tell me how much damage. 19. Okay, uh, you jolt the thing and it, like, it's withered. It looks terrible. It's got all sorts of pieces off it. It looks very bad. And then one of uh, the merfolk comes up with a trident and stabs it. And it finishes off and it goes back into the water. Uh, now it is Dave's turn. I'll shoot twice. 24. Hit. 17. Hit. 12. Oh, and this is the one I already shot before, by the way. Yep, 12 is actually how much HP I had left. You killed it. Great job. It is now that tentacle's turn. It's dead. The next tentacle that was also hitting at you uh, goes to grab you. <laughs> Don't bother. The thing did not hit you. Right. <laughs> uh, now it is... Let's make it comical. It misses terribly and I just kind of look at it like it grabs a plank and it's like trying to choke the plank to death <laughs> and it's very excited about itself uh, but now it makes the other thing oh my gosh. I think also misses Thorn uh, very poorly Yay! now it is and the only time when you killed Thorn's turn again meanwhile this whole thing's happening the other ones are fighting the other four kind of things. okay um, I'm going to cast fireball 10 plus 7 minus 2 all right, about your spell. DC 15 reflex, half. Successful. It it, uh, it it passed, so it'll take half damage. 39 again. I'm not 39, so... Uh, Same deal, you almost kill it and something else comes and finishes off for you. Okay. Uh, leaving the David's turn to fight the, the last tentacle that's really bothering him. Okay, two shots. 22 and 26. Both hits. 16. You shoot it and do a lot of damage to it, but it is still alive. It's going to try to grapple David again. It's trying to grab him. It, it, it takes the plank and throws it on the ground and goes back after David. <laughs> and it rolls a two. And it does not grapple you. And it again grabs another plank and is really excited with itself. And it's flailing around. It's like smashing the plank on the ground. You got the idea if that was you, it wouldn't be pleasant. Thorn's turn. Uh, I'm going to pool strike it. I miss. All right, still alive. David's turn. Uh, 34. Uh, Alright, hit. Five. Alright, you kill it. Dies. Uh, the hand, the tentacle slithers into the water. And uh, as the fighting goes on, the other tentacles are defeated. And uh, you feel a rumble. And a massive head of an octopus comes out of the water, displacing a ton of water, knocking people down. Make a reflex save to not be uh, carried away by the torrent of water. Five. 24. Alright, uh, Thorin is, is knocked on his back and prone. David, you keep your stance. Uh, this head, uh, kind of like, open so you see underside, and you see its beak open up, and it <laughs> chomps on, like, uh, some building. It, you take it, that's probably the curiosity shop, uh, as it crunches, it comes up, 
and uh, you hear uh, all the uh, the Mirofork and things saying about it, and they all begin to attack the head. At the same time it comes out, uh, it has like all these little pussy modules on its head, and they and they pop, and three, uh, they kind of look like floating shelled jellyfish uh, come out uh, of, the, of these like, little pustule eggs, and they float towards you. First up is the octopus, which uh, takes its beak and goes after you, David, and it opens up and goes to grab it. And does a 21 hit your AC? No. It bites you and you kind of like take your bracer up and scrapes against your bracer. Couldn't quite reach you, so it didn't have the power it needed. And then it becomes uh, your turn, David. And you appear shouting uh, in, in merfolk, whatever they're saying in Aquan. So is the jelly is the little jellyfish between me and the octopus? It's it's uh, next to you. It's not between you two. Alright, with uh, my swift action, I put on my blink ring. Alright. And then I shoot at the little jellyfish thing next to me. Alright. There's jellyfish next to you, a jellyfish next to Thorn, and then one that can reach both of you. Shoot the one next to me. Alright. 27. Don't hit. 8. It's turn, and it, it, it attacks you with these claws at the end of these tendrils. Does a 23 hit your AC? Yes. Oh my goodness! It does one damage, but it does get a free attempt to grapple you. One damage. Oh my gosh! And so it does not grapple you. Basically, they just kind of like smacked him across the face and like, no. <laughs> no! Put it down. And uh, it is now the other jellyfish thing. Turn. Uh, Going to hit Thorin. You know, my family used to eat jellyfish in the Southern Isles. 26, Maybe. 26, and 18. Two hit. Take 16. 25 points of damage. These things like snap and they all grab onto you. And uh, tell me if a 25 beats your CMD. Blows it out of the water. Alright. It grapples you. And the claws are grappling at you and you're all grappled. In your conditions tab, put on your grappled condition. Making it now. The I jellyfish. swear, Caleb, if you kill me, I swear. I'm not going to be worried because you didn't hey. even look up how to do your attacks and spells. Staggered. You never told me to take my staggered tab off. I'm sorry. Would you also like me to, to dab your, your mouth every time you eat something? Could I cook dinner for you? I would Did love your to diaper see change? that, actually. I would love to see you cook dinner. Dummy. Uh, the other one attacks David. Oh! Critical. Uh, 11 does 20 beat your AC. I don't think it does. No. It's a normal attack. But uh, that one will hit. Okay, so that's the only one that will hit. So it does 8, 19, does 11 points of damage. Plus does 28, get your AC, uh, your CMD. Yeah. Alright, but it doesn't grapple you, but you do get hurt from its pincers. Now it is Thorin's turn. Thorin, to make any sort of action, you are going to have to make a, uh, a, a CMD to, to deal with this grapple. Even spells? Uh, yeah, to do anything. I am going to have to deal with the grapple then. Maybe. Sure. Uh, 19 was your... No, what was your... The total was 12 before, wasn't it? 12 plus 7 for oh. my CMB. 19 versus its CMB. It's a jellyfish. With three grapply thingies. Nope, you don't get out. Freaking jellyfish. And it is now uh, David's turn. No, Octopus's turn. A giant octopus. Massive thing. It's a... It's just like a storm. Like, when you were... Like, earlier, it was just like a storm of tentacles. Uh, 
Each are like 20 feet. Tentacles come out of the water, and it sweeps away some of the merfolk into the water. Uh, which, aside from being hurt, doesn't matter too much to the merfolk. And it is now Dave's turn again. The one that was next to me before, is that within melee range? Yes. Okay, I'm going to use my slashing cloak. Do it. Do it. Do it. 22. It's a hit. This is my first time using it. 10. You were slicing it, sir. It looks, it looks, um, just about dead. And, uh, it will retaliate. <sighs> it misses, uh, it misses. 24. Yes. Haha! You thought you could get away. 11 points of damage. And 30 versus your CMD. 31. Yeah. You are now grappled. And the jellyfish that's in between you two, uh, a gilman comes over and begins picking a fight with it. And it does not bother with you two anymore. And the gil, the thing that's attacking Thorin, attacks again. Well, first it must, it must maintain the grapple. 29, 31, 32 versus your CMD. You just had... It wasn't enough that it maintained it. You had to take that extra step, didn't you? All right, sweet. All right, so now I can do it. You've been waiting to do, to do this thing, haven't you? Move self and defender up to half attack. All right, it moves you to the edge of the water and tries to pull you into the water. You get a free uh, attempt to break the grapple with a plus four bonus. I do so, CMB plus four. Twenty-four. Twenty-four total. Yes. Oh, you break the grapple. Yay! It doesn't drown me like the little thing and did it on goes, top of the and it's, and it's uh, and it's over floating over the water, but it, it didn't drag you with it. And you hear <laughs> from it, and it's now uh, the jellyfish. Thornstern. I am gonna cast fire breath at it. And is it out of my range to hit with a sword? No. Well, you can do a full attack. You can get all your melee attacks in, and then do the spell, as long as you do it all in a minus two. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll do that then. Yeah, that's it. 14. 14's a miss. 19. Total. 13 damage. Alright, cool. And then fire breath. DC 14 reflect. Half. It rolled a 14, so don't bother doing any math. It, uh, it, it reflexes. 10, so 5 damage. Alright, it burns up to a crisp, falls in the water, dousing itself, but useless because it's perished. And it does a little sad scream. As it flails and burns it across. Hey, I knew your sister. We ate her. And it is now uh, the giant octopus' turn. And when she it wasn't... hears a scream, you see it moves really quick to you. And goes underwater. And then comes out of the water right in front of you. And hits you with two tentacles. Or tries to anyway. One is going to miss, and the other is probably going to hit. Do I, can I take the, uh... 31. Grapple condition away? 30. No, 29. Yeah, you can. 30. 30 is a dead hit. Noise. Plus 5. 10 damage. 10. Gotcha. Just one tentacle hits you. And, uh... David's turn. You are grappling with a thingy. What do you want to do? Listen, I'm sorry. She wasn't very tasty. You can try to her. get out of the grapple, or you can try to attack it with a one-handed, uh, weapon. Uh, my nightmare boots. Alright. Ignited on fire. Do whatever it does. It's just, it's an automatic, it's just it has a D, it has a DC 13 reflex save. 
it rolls still a two. I don't. David has this enchantment tonight where I'm not. I don't think I rolled above a two when it comes to damage on him. All right, two dan uh, two. It fails. Uh, eight. All right, it burns up. Man, you guys like really want to kill these things with fire. <laughs> and you're from the octopus. And it is a. Um, you're free. Is that a move action, standard action? What is that? What? It's whatever a melee action is. Standard then. You got a move action still. Uh, with my. Oh, we forgot to do when it grappled me. We forgot to do the blink ring. We did. I apologize for that. But just remember, it's on from here on in. All right. Um, where am I in position to the last one? The last one's being engaged by somebody else. Uh, and it's like getting towards the middle now, where that one is. The octopus is near Thorn, maybe 15 feet away. Is there, is there an advantage to getting behind the one that someone's engaged with? Not unless you have a melee weapon. Well, my cloak is a melee weapon. That's true. That probably would count as a melee weapon. No, it is. It's definitely a melee weapon. It's just I have to be within five feet of it. Yeah, you'd be right next to it, yeah. So is there an advantage to doing that? Yeah, you get a plus two to attack. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll kind of flank the thing since it's engaged with somebody else. All right, do it. All right. You hit it. But all I can do is move. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. All right, you're flanking it. Uh, the thing is now is trying to get you and the other guy. Um, both things dead. You see that thing is attacking this uh, this Gilman who is doing a okay job with it. And it goes back to Thorn's turn. Thorn, your turn. You know, I'm sick and tired of this stupid octopus getting all up in my junk. Ray of frost around it. And I doubt it's close enough for me to attack it. So, it's Yeah, it's close enough. For me to take a couple oh, swings? Oh, it's right there next to you. Okay, now I take a It's imposing, man. This thing is huge. This thing is like capable of catching any sharks or anything. It really can grab. It's huge. Really? Yeah. Right. I missed both attacks. Alright, do you have your spell still? <laughs> Unless it's lower than a 15. Mm mm. Spell. A little frost goes on. It shakes and the ice falls off. Tentacles come up and attempt to grapple you. It gets me. Alright, cool. Alright, you're grappled then. One tentacle gets you. The other one, like. It's like slaps the octopus by accident. And then the other tentacle is grabbed. You are grappled now. And it is now the jellyfish's turn and attacks the gilman. It's now Dave's turn. Does drinking a potion make me so I can't attack? It is a standard action, yes. Okay, so then now uh, I'm going to uh, slash it. I get a plus two to the attack, you're saying? Yep. Okay, a cloak slash. 25. It. I must look awesome in this fight. I'm like spinning and lightning <laughs> on fire. 12. Uh, Alright, you hit it and it, it dies. You cut it and it's bleeding black icor everywhere. Where am I in relation to the big thingy? There's nothing else left. No more little guys, right? Right, 20 feet away. Nothing. I don't move. Alright, cool. It is now uh, dead. Thorin's turn. Thorin, what are you going to do? So the jellyfish or the big octopus grappled me? The big octopus. One of his tentacles grappled me. Well, that's not. Uh, ungrapple. I fail. Okay, you cannot get out, making it its turn. Uh, it open, it moves its its uh, underside to you where you can see its beak, and its tentacle brings you to it. And whoosh, which do I get that free attempt to just grapple again? No. Oh my goodness! It misses. With a natural one. Fine. Whoosh, and it bites its own tentacle. Ah! And the tentacle drops you. And it's. And the tentacle goes back underwater. And uh, and now like lots of the merfolk and things are hitting it. You can see from behind in the water's being hit by merfolk and things. And it's being uh, uh, attacked from all sides. And it's taking some damage, making it 
David's turn again. Die! Two shots. You hitting it, it's hitting the floor. I have a 25. Hit! And a 32. Whoop! 17 total damage. 17. Alright. And black ink jets out from behind it. Um, and it, um, it regurgitates some of the stuff it, it ate, like some of the building and stuff, and slips underwater. And things begin to get more calm and more calm. And end of initiative. It doesn't take me with it? No. It let go of you as soon as it bit its own tentacle. But I wanna I wanna see the under I, I wanna see the world with you. <laughs> we were in love. Oh, young love. Hey, I'm Caleb. And I'm Christian. And we're the hosts of Pathfinder Academy, your go-to podcast for everything and anything Pathfinder. We cover everything from basic mechanics, skill checks, combat with weapons, combat with magic, party roles, character creation, how to run a session, player types and conflict, character death, house rules, making good encounters, rewarding your players, romance, how to kick pigs, pre-made campaigns, homebrew campaigns, storytelling tips, class guides, race overviews, class reviews, book reviews, and much, much more. You can catch us every Thursday here on the Trailblazer Network. See you in class. And uh, everyone is like, uh, you know, try, trying to recuperate from the battle and catching their breath and stuff. And, uh, and, and Thorin, you spot amidst the debris of what it regurgitated a piece of paper, the page from the black book. I run over and I snatch it. He snatches it. As soon as you touch it, a tentacle made of words comes out of it, just like the first time, pierces you through the chest, goes through you, and then pierces David through the chest. Everything goes black, piercing headache, migraine, and then you regain consciousness, and you are outside in a in an alleyway with a stone paved floor and buildings made of stone. You're in some sort of city. I swear, if we're in core hall, I'm gonna kill you. And it's night. And there's a big old full moon in the night sky. Come again? There's a big old full moon in the night's sky. And you both find yourselves on your hands and feet with the light pouring onto you from the moon. And it takes you like a couple seconds to to, to even be able to see past the blur from from the migraine. And the paper is no longer in your hand. I do a quick equipment check. You've got all your crap. I look around and I look at David and I point up. Is that supposed to be there like that? <laughs> Are you seeing that? Yes, sir. Good, good, good. That's as good. What the hell's it doing there? Didn't you destroy that thing? Uh, well, technically. Collateral <laughs> <laughs> damage. Broke before me technically destroyed it. Alright, I, uh, I get up and start looking around. You get up, and when you get up, you get, uh, like, all of a sudden you get very, you get a daze, and, uh, you get a, you get a nosebleed. Uh, you step a bit too fast. I stay on my hands and knees after watching his nose run. <laughs> uh, so you dress, dress your, your nosebleed, and you look around, you're in, you're in some sort of alleyway, nondescript alleyway, at night. Open at both ends? Uh, yes. Left or right? But it's a very long alleyway. 
to we hear movement off to the side down another like alleyway all branch off of the alley it's a bright white light <laughs> um i i follow the movement slowly right, sword so drawn you slowly get to your 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 feet but you find you still get a nosebleed um but you you don't get quite a piercing a headache from it uh all right you go over you said mm-hmm. yep all right you go over and you see uh, next to like some trash and something that's just like been discarded in the back alleyway in an area that kind of smells like like urine. Uh, two cat folks making out with their tails entwined in one another and just enjoying each other. Uh, I sheathe my sword and I keep walking straight, not like not down that alleyway where they are, down the sh- other one. All right. Disgusting creatures. <laughs> David, I fall. Okay, uh, you follow until you get out of the alleyway into a main street, and uh, make a knowledge local check. If Don't you have it. You have it. I have it. Well, I can't we ever be go to nice places like a dungeon or like a plane of fire. I could tell you about those places, Caleb. But I no, know. I don't know where I'm at. What's your check? Six. We we only go to places David has knowledge about. He doesn't even know anything <laughs> about them. You're not quite sure where you are yet. Uh, it looks a little bit familiar, like m- more familiar than the raft world did, but uh, you can't put your finger on it. I look for street signs. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, there's there's street signs, random street signs. I'm not going to make up a bunch of street names, but there's there. Uh, you see a couple houses with lights in them, and you begin recognizing, oh, that's a, that's a closed store, that's a closed store. Oh, look at that one. That one's a bar. That one's open. That sort of thing. Are there uh, humans, or are they all cat folk? You don't know. It's just a light coming out of a building. No one seems to be on the street, really. I do. I look like I just come out of battle. What do you think? I think. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you do. And you're wet, soaking wet. My boots are all. My socks are all wet, and I'm all uncomfortable. It's the worst vacation ever. I get myself straightened out and look as presentable as possible. Okay. And I stumble to the boat to the um, the harbor master's house and go. I want to report a mutiny. <laughs> we you said it's a bar. There's a bar there. Yep. Yeah. Go to the bar. Yeah, we go in. What, what what do you think? We always go to the bar, Caleb. Always. All right. Uh, you get into the bar and it's 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 hustling and bustling. There's a lot of people in the bar. It seems to be a popular bar. A lot of humans. A lot of elves. Couple dwarves, um, and the uh, the only cat folk you spy are wearing collars, dressed not in particularly good clothes, and are serving people. When you come in, uh, one comes up to you and uh, gets on its knees and uh, attempts to take off your shoes. Do uh, you let it? No, I, I stop at it. it. No, it's okay. It's okay. You're good. It looks about you very. Questioningly, I'm I'm comfortable. It's fine. Thank you. And it goes back to trying to take off your shoes. There's no way it tries to take off my shoes. <laughs> uh, I try in Elven. I try the same thing. It looks up at you again, and then you hear uh, somebody walk over and say to you, uh, "You better try to convince a rock than convincing him. He doesn't understand common." That's all right. Scram! And he kicks it in, it, in its uh, pants, and it and it kind of falls over, and, and, it, and it and it gets up and goes away shyly. He goes. He was just trying to clean your feet. Come on in. Come on in. Take a table. I'll have someone serve you soon. 
realize it must be the owner or somebody who works at the bar. Uh, I look at him. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not from around here. What coin do you take? Standard gold? Gold, copper, silver, man, whatever you got. Oh, thank Flatten you, then. if it's on you. <laughs> um, we'll take that table, and I, and I start walking over to it. Okay. The cat folk comes to you, he uh, head hung, and says, um, what would you like? Um, what do you have? David, make a uh, another knowledge local check. Give yourself a plus... I think this is going to be weird. I'm going to give you a plus eight. Um, uh, maybe you remember, maybe you don't. Uh, do you remember when I was reading up on Imperial history and politics in Zeratul's library? Okay. Would that do anything for me here or no? You can make a we're knowledge good, good. history check to try to figure out what's going on. If I don't have knowledge history? Uh, I'll pretend you have it and you can roll at a plus five. Uh, David, what are you saying? You said put a plus eight? Yeah. Yeah, 31. Alright, I'm going to address David first. Okay. David, it now snaps in your mind. When you were in Core Hall, you went to bars all the time. This is the Green Chamber, one of the most popular bars in Core Hall. I've already got this all figured out. <laughs> uh, Thorn, what was your role? Um, no, what, what would be my plus or minus? D20 my, plus 5. D20 plus 5, 8, 13. Uh, you kind of remember... Uh, in history, uh, Core Hall, uh, cat folks were slaves at some point in Core Hall's history uh, until Valerian became emperor, and actually it was a couple years after he became emperor. Okay. I, uh, That's about all you can know from that check. What you read on it? I, I ordered all hot food from the cat food. So, okay. like, soup and, like, a cider or something. You know what I mean? Hot cider. Okay, okay. Uh, and you, Master? He looks at you, Thorne. Uh, you don't need to call me master. I'll, I'll um. Do you have any sake? Uh, I can check. Thank you. If not, just water then. Thank you. Any any shakes head at you and leaves. Well, I, darn. The question isn't where we are, because I know where we are. The question is when we are. Yeah, I I yeah. I tap him like on the shoulder. Yeah, collars. I thought. I thought Valerian. Uh, and then. Is who? How far away are people from other tables? So the very cool thing about the green chamber mm -hmm. is it has these very interesting booths where you go in and it's like, imagine a room, right? Imagine mm -hmm. a room that had four archways open. You okay. Know, you know, two across from each other, two across from each other, making a square almost. Mm -hmm. And then there's a table in each one of those individual rooms. So what it ends up doing is noise, kind of like you can hear noise from the rest of the bar, but it's all indiscernible from bouncing around so much. So okay. actually, you're actually very private in each one of your little booths. That's awesome. But they're still all amidst each other, so you still get that com camaraderie of being in the community. Yeah. I, uh, I look at David. I thought Valerian got rid of slavery. He did. Again, it's when we are. Are you saying we're in the past? We have to be. The capo comes back uh, with your drinks, uh, and he did have sake with you. He gives it to you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. What's your name? He kind of looks taken aback. Ska. Ska, it's a pleasure to meet you. He nods. And he uh, leaves. I look at David. What do we do? Well, I've been through a lot of strange things since I've been here, but time travel's a new one. I think we can't step on any bugs. <laughs> Especially butterflies. So what you're saying is, don't go marching into the palace and kill Valerian's father, right? Don't do that. 
I don't think we have to do that. We know how this story yeah. ends. Um, we need to think of a clever way to find out what year this is without everyone thinking we're completely insane. What year is it? After a bit, the catful comes back with your food. And you didn't order anything, Dom, Thorn, so he looks back to his. Sure you don't want anything, young master? You know, I, I will take something hot to eat, just some hot soup. Uh, I do have a question, though, Ska. Uh, I'm not from around here. I'm from a very far distant land, and I believe we use a different dating system. What, what, what date is it on your calendar? He gives you a date which I would indicate it is uh, towards the end of uh, Arcturus's rule, Valerian's father's rule. So uh, maybe uh, a year beforehand. So how many years ago is that? Boy, that'd be like, how long? I, I have to look back at my timeline, maybe 15 to 20 years. How old does that make Valerian? He's like, uh, he's in the 40s now. Really? I, uh, that I did not know. I have to look back at my timeline and give you a more accurate answer later. Okay. I, I thought Valerian was a younger guy most of the time. When he started, he was, but now it's he's in his late 30s, early 40s. In in the in the um. When he when I, he when he took rule, he was like 20 or something. Mm-hmm. And look at David. This explains why the Merfolk didn't recognize me. Oh, yeah. you think you think we were back in time there? We had to be. They would have recognized me. Oh, maybe. I swear it was them. This is interesting. At this point, I'm just trying to keep my eye out at the bar area, just looking around while I wait for my food. I'll make a perception check. 28. To be clear, just because I tell you something interesting happens doesn't mean you have to interact with it, but you ask me mm-hmm. if there's anything interesting or anyone suspicious around. So uh, what you do see is you do see uh, much as you expect, and it's been very consistent with what you've been in so far, but that the, uh, the, the human and elf employees are being treated far better than the catfolk employees, and they are uh, physically abusing them all the time. Um, I want to roll a perception check too. Okay. For what this reason? is a. I remember that this is a really popular place. Yeah. So I want to roll to like really scan the room and see if I see anyone from my days. I mean, I know they'd be younger now, but just to recognize if I recognize anyone, you know, like important or. Okay. From 20 years ago. Well, they'd all be 20 years younger, but that doesn't yeah. mean I wouldn't recognize them. Yeah. You know, right. I knew all the dignitaries and all that kind of stuff. 23. Okay. Do you have knowledge nobles? No, but I only have what I would have directly interacted yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, you know what, David? You do. You see, uh, and it's only by happenstance, because you can only see in the booths directly next to you. Beyond that, you know, you're looking around corners. And there happens to be in the booth next to you... Uh, a guy from the Senate. His name, uh, Edmund. Senator Edmund. Edmund Duke. Okay. I turn back to Thorne. I'm just like, we're definitely in court. And I can tell he's younger, right? Oh, yeah. 20 years younger. I'd say it's for sure. We're definitely in court hall 20 years ago. Well, that answers that question. Now we just have to figure out how to get back home. Maybe. Eventually. That doesn't Eventually. Well, if we're 20 years back, this is 20 years before you arrived, isn't it? Yes. That means those those monsters aren't here. Correct. In theory. And we have a, a sort of unique opportunity. How do you mean? Well, because we know what's going to happen, we can change. Win the lottery every day. No. 
That's a quick way to make the lottery go out of business. It's a quick way to make Valerian go out of business. Be careful, remember the flies. Don't step on a bug. You see David's thinking face. He's looking down, he has his fist clenched. <laughs> um, is that the look that you're giving me in the game as well? It's gotta be. Yeah. Um, Master Rokusaki, I know what you're thinking. You can't do it. <laughs> He's like an even villain rubbing his hands together. Then why are we here? I don't know, but if you do it, then that changes all of your interactions with him in the future. You ne it, you in theory you never would have known him. The way you know him now, it changes you. It doesn't just change Valerian. Yeah, what are you an expert in time travel all of a sudden? No. You just stay us. I know what I know. What if I, I know what my my character knows what I know. Kind what of. If, what if we can find way. Valerian? What would we do even if we did? Well he wouldn't believe us now, but if we told him now, we could maybe avoid some of these this war and these things in the future. It's hard to believe. You know, fine, you know, since we don't know what else we're supposed to be doing here, we'll give it a shot. Yeah, we're here for a purpose. I mean, it's, it, if you're still thinking coincidence, that's crazy. I think that we're being used as pawns in a really sick time-traveling game, and I don't like it. But you're the Orokusaki. Wait, are all these bars, like, inns, too? Is that the same place? Uh, almost every bar is usually an inn, but the green chamber is special in the fact that it's only a bar. Okay. Well, here's what I suggest. Let's finish our meal and get a room somewhere. Okay. And we'll dry off and maybe have clearer heads in the morning. It's night, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the cafe comes back and, and uh, asks if he, can I refill your drinks? Get you anything? I'm okay. No, thank you. He leaves. Um, I look at David. The way they treat the cat folk here is sick. Listen, don't get emotional. We know we're in the past. We know how this all ends. We're not. We can't interfere with Valerian. We definitely shouldn't interfere with the slavery issue. We're just gonna have to stomach it. Only because we know how it ends. Exactly. Let's finish our food and get out of here before I do something I'm gonna regret. All right. I know a good end. I finish my food and then I, I walk us to whatever I remember being the Crystal Palace. <laughs> Get some entertainment, food entertainment, uh, dinner and a show. All right, yeah, you go to uh, an inn, a nice inn. First off, uh, the guy charges you uh, like uh, two gold pieces for dinner. Wow, I love inflation. And your, your drinks. All right. On your way walking over to um, the inn, you spot a tent set up with a bunch of shops with a light inside of it and standing outside that is a tangu and lo and behold it's the same oracle guy you saw in gilgamesh oh look at you two a bit sopping wet for a dry night you and i i put my hand on my sword hilt and he kind of puts his hands up kind of punch over kind of guy and he goes uh oh there be, needs be no trouble between us what kind of game are you playing Game? What you mean? Uh, you had a bit too much to drink tonight. Don't do something you'll regret in the morning. I put my hand on his sword. Okay. Uh, you cut yourself, idiot. No, I'm joking. <laughs> and I kind of, I walk into the tent. Ah, somebody wished to take part in my skills. How about you, young man? Also like to come on in? 
Uh, only because I have no other choice, and I go in. I warn you, if you have a hot temper, sometimes what I say instigates further temper. You might not want to come in if you're not prepared to hear what your future has in store for ye. I'm a patient man. When I go in. Alright, he walks in. And he and there's a you guys sit on little pillows and there's a little table there. And he goes, uh, you seem mighty angry. Uh, I know we haven't met before, but maybe I've bothered you in the past life? You bothered me in the past, that's for sure. Mm. Well, maybe a future one then, eh? And he sits down and he goes, hold out your poems. Right, hold it out. He takes your your palm first, uh, David, since you're not angry at him. And he starts tracing the lines in your hands, and he goes, mm, Murky. You're very murky. You seem... You seem like a man with so many plans, he can't choose one for himself. But I can see in your future that the plans you've picked are gonna lead to death. But... There's one plan, one plan you've yet to make because you're not sure how to make it, that when made will lead to life. And he goes over to Thorns and he traces his hand out. Yeah, you're much easier to see than your friend. Your destiny is quite clear. Your whole life is going to be shrouded in betrayal and it will change everything about you. And everything about the people around you. Would you care for me to gaze into the crystal bowl? I look at David. Please. And he looks into it, and it looks cloudy to you, but to him, he apparently sees something, and he says, There's something that brought you here, and you need to find it. You found it twice before, and this third time will be the end of it. You must find the item that brought you here. Right now, it is in the possession of somebody who knows exactly what it is. And he intends on selling it. And then the crystal ball doesn't get murky anymore now. It's not cloudy, it's just a regular ball. And he pulls out a deck and he goes, Would you like to look at the tarot cards? Yes. And he lays them out in front of you and he goes, Choose the one that speaks to you. Let it choose you. You pick this one. The snake bite. It's a cloaky figure. Literally cloak and dagger. It's a cloaky figure with a dagger with poison falling off of it. And he says, uh, Oh, that's a shame. That's the death of a loved one with a knife. Somebody was stabbed in the back. Metaphorically or physically. But what has ever happened, someone's trust has just been betrayed. And the consequences could be life-threatening. I picked the one on the top. You see? This one. Which it looks like a prisoner freed, looking up at the sky. And it says, the big sky. Whoa! You are going to be freed from a terrible decision. You will not have to make it. It will be made for you. I'm going to be betrayed and someone, and I'm going to be freed from a terrible decision. I like it. I hope this has been enlightening for you. I apologize for my temper earlier. It gets away from me sometimes. Oh, it's all right. It's just a small matter of payment now. It'll be, uh, five platinum. 
two for the reading, two for the crystal ball, and one for the palm. Uh, five, of course, per person. I drop five, 50 gold pieces in a sack in front of him. Cool. David, you pay up? Yep. How much is it? Five platinum, which is 50 gold. Okay. Ah, thank you so much. I hope you come back again soon. You never know what your future has in store for you. Going to sleep tonight, you couldn't possibly imagine what could happen to you tomorrow. <laughs> but with me, maybe you can be this much closer to knowing. Alright, what do you guys do? Uh, I leave. How much is the room gonna be? He tells you, uh, ten gold a night per person. So, twenty-four. Okay. We pay it and we go in the room. David pays. <laughs> Alright, it's a nice room. I guess back it's in these days... Fireplace in each room. Right. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask. So, we, I light a fire and kinda take everything off and hang it. Alright. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the same. And I crash, man. And I get a solid night's sleep. Alright. Uh, you wake up in the morning. Just in time to see the bus ride by. It's alright because you're saved by the bell. Wow, that's throwback. Give myself a look. Are my clothes all dried and everything? Yeah, everything's great. I throw it all on. David, your nightmare boots have been stolen. No, I'm joking. You got, everything's there. Okay. I'm so happy I got to use my sword. You have no concept how excited I am. Yay. It was a special sword, too. I'm glad. It does a lot of damage. Cool. So, who has what we need, who knows exactly what it is, and they intend to sell it? Know anyone like that? Um, yeah, I do. Wait, I have a question. Something yeah. came up that I'm thinking of now. Now I'm talking to Tharn. When did the Empire take over the Southern Isles? Not long into Valerian's reign, if I remember correctly. Well, Either the... of you could do a knowledge history to get a more definite answer. I don't have knowledge history. 13 uh, plus 5 for the Empire thing? Yeah. Tem temporarily? Yeah. 18. Yeah, it was, uh, it was during Valerian's reign. Yeah. When, we, when we were in Gilgamesh, you said you thought we were back in time because the merfolk didn't recognize you, but he asked you what, how you felt about the Empire taking over the Southern Isles. Could could have been further along the timeline than we are now. Because he, I'm telling you, I, it, it was him and his wife who were on the beach. I'm telling you, I recognized. You guys get that ring in your head and you oh black out. Everything goes white for you. And when it refocuses in, you are in a field, looking up at the night sky. Is there a moon? There is a moon, but it is shattered. Setsuko is looking up at the sky. And uh, she's crying. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and you just look at her crying for 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, three minutes of doing nothing but just seeing her cry. We're like phantoms, kind of. Just like if you're watching a movie, it's just a camera in the middle of space, kind of. Okay. And then you hear... Suga kind of turns around and she sees um, one of the Formians. And Suko kind of wipes her eyes and says, Hello, matriarch. And this thing goes up to her. Why are you crying? Why do you cry? And he goes, she goes, uh, I just had to, uh, 
kill someone who maybe at once I would have considered a a friend, and that's not the easiest thing to do. I mean, there's a lot of things we're going. No, you misunderstand my question. Why do you cry? Why do people cry? Why do the denizens of this rock have water come out of their eyes? Oh, um, and she wipes some more tears away. Um, she actually thought someone cared about her. <laughs> we, uh, we cry because we're sad. Um, I don't know why it's... Why, why does blood come out of a vein when you cut it? It just... It's the reaction to the... To the stimuli, I guess. When we're sad, we're crying. I, sometimes when we're angry, we cry. I guess you don't cry, huh? No, but we do get sad. We do get angry. We were both sad and angry when we lost our home. And Suko kind of nods. Yeah. It's all David's fault. I understand that. Well, good thing about what happened today is we're one step closer to getting back at the guy who took away your home. Turn that sadness and anger into resolve and catharsis. And she goes, you know what, matriarch and goes up and, and puts a hand on the shoulder of this giant bug creature and says you know matriarch I think that's why we'll be the best of allies we're both angry and sad at the same person for ruining both of our lives don't think there's a thing that could split us apart let's go back inside for some dumb crow spots us and they go into a hole and then You wake up on the floor in the middle of the day with your face is sticky and you kind of look up and you're in a pool of your own blood, but you're not currently bleeding from your nose, but there's a trail. Both of you take one negative level. One negative level? Yep. Okay. I uh, swig one of my health potions. That I... won't fix it. No, my health is still pretty br brutal. Sure, sure. Do you remember you from sleeping, you do get nine HP back? I got ten. A ten, I'm sorry. You're right, ten. But yes, yeah, so okay, you take your potion, do the math. Yeah, I do one too. And it does not fix the negative level. You still have it. You feel like sapped to some power. You feel a bit weaker. I look at David. And, you, and your brain, your, this headache is, is now kind of consistent. It's not going away. I'm telling you. I'll tell, so I'll tell, I'll tell you something that'll split the two of them up. My sword going through their gut. <laughs> I go over to, a, I'm sure it has like a wash basin. Mm-hmm. I yeah. wash all the blood and everything and kind of try to use the water to, you know. Refresh yourself, wake yourself up. Like when you have a headache. Yeah, yeah. Feel a little bit better. I go do the same thing. This is humiliating. And then I, I get dressed. And I take it just like Gilgamesh, you're not going to wear your mask? No. Nah. So we have to make a decision. I think I have an idea on how to get where that thing might be, the paper. Okay. But first we have to decide you sure there's nothing no no nothing advantageous to us being here. If we change things, it's very possible that it'll change your past as well. I don't see how what changing here could change my past. I'm not here. You tell Valerian that you're that we become allies in the future or that something according to that nature. Has Valerian ever told you that he met you in the past? No, but that doesn't mean he did he didn't. No, but I mean, even if 
Listen, you're the Rokusaki. I, I exist to follow your commands. If you feel like there's something you need to do, let's do it. But I have nothing in my past I can change. I, I, I'm going to the afterlife with a clear conscience by thunder. But the fortune teller said, my plans aren't going to work. So you want, you want me to make a plan? No, no, no. He just said I need to make a new plan. Make a new plan. You're the plan guy. It's what you do. It completes you. <laughs> you know what? Let's do one thing at a time. I could be totally wrong about where I think that document is anyway. What do you think it is? Uh, just come with me. Okay. Hey, Brian. You want to play role-playing games tonight? I can't. My body's trapped in this strange membrane. Wow. Should I take you to a doctor? Nah. It feels really good. Just put my earbuds in. No, that's just wrong. But here at Tales from the Lich, we're all right. When you can't play, listen. TalesfromTheLich.com <sighs> That's just wrong. Alright, we go. Don't betray I, me now. <laughs> I go to the market. I go to that place where we pawn the pawn guy with the staff. <laughs> yep. That's where I go. Alright, you go and there's a magic shop there. And you open up the door. How, how funny, I just, re- I just edited that episode. Yes, Dom? I didn't forget it. I wouldn't have known. Forget it. You're good. All right. You have the door, and there, standing behind the counter, is a guy with a foxtail. And you ding, 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 as you open up the door, there's a little ring bell to it. Goes, what does the Hello, fox- how can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> forgot Sean he was Sean Connery, didn't you? I didn't. Yeah. I remembered. I just don't cast on a truth again. I remember his name, right? Uh, I don't remember his name. All right, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I step up to the counter. Um, I've heard that uh, you're someone who's good at procuring uh, rare items, especially uh, rare magical items. Oh, yes, I do like to go to the, the fair once in a while and pick up uh, items of interest. We're looking for um, a rare document, a page, a torn page from a very, very rare book. One moment. And he goes up behind you and he turns the thing to close and locks the door. Now, suppose I know something about this. What, uh, what would you be wanting to do with it? Casting zone of truth? (laughs) Well, unfortunately, we, uh, through some mishaps, have already been in contact with it. And so, I don't know how much you know of its uh, functioning, but we need it in order to undo what we've already done. We simply wish to return home. Make a diplomacy check. Can I help him out? Nope. Mm. I just want to go plus what, my friend. Can I gift wrap it for you? (laughs) So 26 altogether. He goes, uh, go home, what do you mean? Yeah, thorn, what do you mean? Back to over the (laughs) counter. Always, uh, Speaking when he should be quiet. (laughs) What do you mean going back home? Well, it seems through no... no, Without it being intentional, it it seems to have transported us here and there and here and there. And um, we've gained some information that if we could just interact with it one more time, it would send us back home. Wow. And he's like, the whole time you're talking to him, he's like fiddling through stuff. And he picks up a key and he goes, stay here. And he goes, and you can see him 
moving a, a thing out of the way and it says they're safe. And he puts a key in and opens it up. And he pulls out an envelope and closes it and puts the key in the safe and puts the key in his pocket. And he goes, I received an invitation the other day. There's an auction to be held for a very special item. A page from the black book. I have a feeling we're on the same page here. And he, and he slides it forward and goes, I don't have the funds or the suicidal tendencies to try to purchase that item. But, seemed like a couple people just trying to go home. You can have my invitation. You just remember that I did something good for you. Maybe in the future it'll come in handy. One day, a man is going to try to get a staff from you. Don't ever let that staff go. Oh, oh okay. I'll see you around. Maybe we will. Good oh, wait, day, wait, wait, wait. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Can I retcon? Yeah. I wore my mask purposely so that he would never make, make that the connection. connection. Sure. Yeah, I'll let you do that. Okay. He goes, you sure you don't want to purchase anything, Lottie? Actually, yeah, can I... I take a look around. Yes. Yes. I've come up with some quite interesting little things last time I went to the fair. A couple things I've made myself as well. You can see here, uh, I don't... I'd have to go get it shipped here because it's too big to fit in the house. But I do have your mother. Oh! <laughs> I'll take a titch now. That's, uh, let it snow. No, it's not. It's a French saying. Excuse me, mademoiselle. I want to see let titch now. He, uh, he puts a vial in front of you. He goes, now this, this was something even I couldn't make. When I saw it at the fair, I just knew somebody would want it eventually. This is an elixir that if you would drink, would shift your gender to be that of the opposite. This could be handy. This really could be handy. Dude, you went in on this? How much is it? I could let it go for a... 2,500 gold pieces. You understand I have to make a profit. I did buy it. I, I go through my coin purse. I got a nick. Give it to I, us for free. I'm going to give it to you for free. <laughs> <laughs> I go through my coin purse. I got a nickel and a, and a, and a spare copper Move piece. along. Move along. <laughs> now, I buy it. Okay. Minus 2,500 gold. And I give it to Tharn and say, you can change gender when you think this, that'll be your that'll be your department <laughs> is, is the change permanent uh, yes there's a permanent shift yes well it doesn't have to change us we can change somebody we can change valerian just for fun i have a picture of valerian if he was a girl yes my queen <laughs> that would be a good like um what's it called or change mana into a man that that would be a good um like uh, April Fool's prank to play on one of them. Just Valerian goes to sleep after having a nice drink with us in the palace. Wakes up the next morning next to Mana. Mana flips out because Valerian's a girl. <laughs> now this is something that is I made myself guaranteed to work very well, but it is rather expensive. For forty thousand gold pieces, and he puts a belt in front of you and he goes, "This belt will make you." stronger, more resilient than ever, make you faster than you ever were before or ever could possibly be. At a game, it's a belt of physical might 
which will give you a plus four to your dexterity and constitution permanently oh. as long as you wear it. Oh. Oh. Another belt, so it's up to you. If you want to buy it for me. Is it better than the belt you are wearing right now, David? The belt I'm wearing allows my gun to reload endlessly. Uh, if you want to buy it for me, David, I won't say no. How much is it? 40,000 gold. I don't even have that much. Oh, I'm sorry, son. It's just quite the item. And he takes it and he slowly takes it back and puts it away. Is there anything you've been looking for? Maybe I have it in the back. All right. And he pulls out a pouch and he puts it and goes, This is horror dust. You throw this at somebody and if they inhale it, it makes them see terrible visions. Gives them living nightmares to deal with. How much? 600 gold. The man who has no money seems to ask prices a lot. <laughs> I, there actually is something I, I, I'm kind of interested in. I'm not much with a, a sword, but you wouldn't happen to have any um, daggers with any uh, enchantments, do you? I do, but it's, it's a dark item. But you look the kind of people might be able to put to you. Perfect. And he and he uh, he goes to the back, and you can see it like through the open door. He has a case. He unlocks and opens it up, and he like takes a rag to take it out, and wraps it in like leather. And he kind of and he uh, brings it over to you and unwraps it, being careful not to touch it. Goes, this blade is the thirsting blade. When you give it blood, in contentment, it will reward you by being more deadly than it has been before. More deadly than any normal dagger. All it needs is the taste of blood, and it is satisfied. How much is it? 18,602 gold. But I'll give you a friend discount and bring it to 18,600. <laughs> this 18. item will grow with you. As you become stronger, it becomes stronger. It's quite a special blade. It took me a, quite a while to learn how to make it. Believe you me. But you said it's a dark item. It has a dark uh, way of doing things. It needs to be used as all daggers. I suppose if you think about it, all daggers are dark. But it's not cursed, if that's what you're wondering. I'll take it. 18,600 gold, please. Alright, I get it. Alright, that's it. I'm done here. Alright. Uh, he goes, thank you for coming. It's been very lucrative. And I hope that, uh... Hope that invitation finds you well. It is a pleasure doing business with you. Have a wonderful day, and hope to see you again soon. You as well. I believe. All right. I'd, I'd look at David once we get out of the shop. Did you know him? Yeah, we had a incident. We have an incident with him later on. <laughs> and ironically enough, it kind of has something to do with the moon blowing up, so... I uh, open the envelope and look at the invitation just to check the date and the place that it is. Yeah, sure. It's uh, it, it's you recognize the address is in good, a very good part of town, very good part of town, and it's set for uh, three days from now, and it has uh, an invitation to you, whatever. Um, and it's, there's not an actual name on there, so it's not connected to um, Mr. Sean Connery. But it does say one thing that gets very disconcerting to you. Okay. Uh, it says minimum bid, 100,000 platinum pieces. Which would That's be a, million a million gold, gold. pieces. One million dollars! It's irrelevant. Uh, darn, the, the fun part about this, I was going to say this even before he said that. There's no way we would have enough money to buy it. But 
we'll know who bought it. How does that help us? Well, we're going to have to acquire it through less than above-board means. Um, it, the thing is signed Mr. Jolly, and um, the as you read it further, like the minimum bid is like the price you need to have to even enter the building. Yeah. We even with the invitation? Yep. Do we need to show we have a million gold pieces on us? Yes. That's dumb. <laughs> it, says, it says serious inquiries only. And it, and it lays it out there. A page from the black book. Very hard to find. Very mysterious. The secrets of other worlds contained within. No black book has been found in years. Personal authenticators uh, can be brought at time of purchase. Yada, yada, yada. How do you, what do you recommend we do now? How do we get a million gold pieces in three days? You got any favors that people owe you? Or will owe you? Well, what good would that do? You well, They wouldn't owe you the favor. Hey, in the future, you're going to owe me a favor. Give me a million and you won't owe me a favor in the future. Okay. Just thinking out loud. You need to be a jerk, David, man. Gosh. You know, you've been treating me like this ever since I got here. Um, I know what I do. Uh, I go over to the address okay. just to do a, a walk by. Yeah, sure. You're in a very nice neighborhood. Um, and you look over and it's a, it's like a bed, it's like a mansion and it's fenced in. And it's like set out back a little bit, which is very rare because it's a city. So you can't really have too much excess room for your yard, but he has it. Uh, everything's just very nice, but there's a lot of security. There's literally a guy made of rock at the front gate. But you know what there isn't? It's known as an Oread. Clockwork. <laughs> There's no clockwork. You have yet to see any clockwork at all. Or even whispers of it. Uh, it's the beautiful sound of no clinking metal. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We've reached an impasse. Well, we could go to the... Uh... We could go to the bounty board and see if there's a million dollar bounty that we could pull off in three days. You have that look on your face, Caleb, like it's like right there in front of us. No, 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 I'm just tired. That's absolutely nothing what you're doing. You guys are doing everything right. It can't right. be right there in front of us. How do we have a million well, gold? Well, technically the house is right in front of you, but. <laughs> we need Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. We need a burglar. Well, do we have anything that would interest them? Bilbo Baggins? No, the person selling it. Yeah, my gun in his mouth. <laughs> but you were saying we could change the future. Yeah. Do, do we know? Do we know who's selling it? Mister Jolly is what the name of it was. That doesn't ring any bells to me. Well, it, it's roughly one year until, and I look around to see if there's anyone nearby. Uh, yeah, there's the guards. Aside from that, no. Uh, I pull David off to a more quiet corner. Mm-hmm. It's only about a year until Valerian takes over. Okay. That would be very critical information to know for a rich person. Okay. Remember, you wanted to kill a guy that tried to do this very same thing hey. to us. <laughs> D different, different circumstances. He, he, was so? pro he was profiteering. I'm just trying to get home. But they won't know that. It's true. He was war profiteering. I'm not. I'm just trying to get back to fight my own war and kill Valerian there, let alone here. 
Well, we know that's not going to work there, so that's a whole different issue. A million gold pieces. Do you know anyone or anything that could help us right now? No, because even 20 years from now, that's an insane amount of money. Inflation sucks. Right, 20 years <laughs> Quick before. reminder earlier episode. <laughs> I love inflation. I love inflation. I love inflation. Oh, man. Yeah, here's what we do. We put, we put 10 grand in the bank now. Go to the future, and it'll be a million dollars. And then come back. <laughs> Let's do it. That's a wonderful <laughs> idea. It really is, though. Actually, why don't we just stay here? We're safe here. For now. Forever. I don't know about you, but I want to get home. 20 years, I'll be 60. When that whole <laughs> craziness starts, it won't really matter anymore. We could just that live is. a nice life. Yeah, that's true. We start Nobody walking. Knows up, us. We start walking up the street. Quick question. This is like the, with the camera, sh like, start zooming out on our backs. If I kill you, does that mean I become the Orokusaki? Yes. Good luck. Better but get then, busy living or get busy dying. Even now, I'm just sitting in a room. Listen, we have to steal it. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, but all we have to do is touch it. So it's not like we have to steal it and get away. All we have to do is get into the same room with it. You see where I'm going with this? I see where you're going. But how, how are we going to get through the front door to see it? Storm it? That guy right there, I point to the big rock guy. I think he'd have a thing or two to tell us about educating us about not why we shouldn't do that. I'm good against sea creatures, dude. I got my lightning bolts. I got my fire. That doesn't do anything against rock people. You hear the distant sound of people at the Coliseum cheering. You know any Coliseum bets we can make? I don't know. How much money do you make for winning a fight at the Coliseum? You don't have to fight. You can just bet on fighters. Well, I don't know them. I know us. That is a good question. Not that I would ever do it. I don't, I don't sell myself. I'm not that cheap. As you look at a cat folk mowing the grass over there with a collar on. This is awful. This is quite Look at his little weak stomach. He sees like a few slaves and the guy's like, this is terrible. I hate slavery. What can I do? This is quite a 20, predicament. 20 years from now, a guy looks at Valerian Valerian and he's like, how you doing? He's like, I'm doing okay. Well, you know, I just want to know, your, your grass is kind of getting high on your side. Yeah, I used to have a guy for that, jerk. <laughs> 20 years from now, we start walking on the same street, we see the same cat folk. Why are you mowing? You're free. Why are you mowing that guy's lawn? There's this no is my lawn. There's <laughs> no point in standing here. Um, we start walking to the Coliseum. Okay. At least we can be disappointed and, enter and entertained. Yeah, sure. You get to the Coliseum and you, you get let in, and, and there's uh, gladiatorial games. The same kinds that you walked out on when the Emperor revealed the. Clockwork Dragon, just minus the dragon. Yeah. There's people fighting each other. Free bread being passed out and stuff. And you look up at the Emperor's box and it's empty. Mm. Good. We don't want to see Arcturus. Why? I really, really don't want to get involved with him. Let's go see Arcturus. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but it, just I on a side a note. Citizen. I demand to be entertained. <laughs> on a side note, Caleb, I really... Right, if I fear anyone in this world, it's Arcturus. So, it really is him. So we look. I start looking around. So are people betting? Like, did we see money changing hands? Uh, I'm sure you see it uh, around. It's not like uh, the racetracks where there's an official thing. You know anyone who we could bet on that's definitely going to win? No. And... I wouldn't have known then, let alone 20 years ago. Mm. You. <laughs> 
I'm not fighting. <laughs> I'll I, bet a million dollars that my boy will beat the greatest gladiator you have. They can't afford me. A million dollars, David? I feel cheap. You know what you're seeing here in the gladiator games? You're seeing orcs fighting against uh, humans. Orcs, really? huh? Yeah. It's very bloody. The, um, the Empire just recent has been fighting the, the orcs one-on-one -on -one without the clockwork. That's right. The bloody wars. Man, this is crazy. We have to steal it. Man in white. I'm telling you. Just go out to like some like look up at the moon one night and just wait till it's nighttime and go, Man in white, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> Maybe it'll work, you never know. If Thaddeus were here, he would pray and it would work. Because <laughs> it always works. Because he is Thaddeus. God actually listens to Thaddeus in this world. And not you other weird people. Hey Caleb, from my memory, would I remember where would the closest where we had it marked on the map factory be to where we are? East, maybe two weeks travel. Yeah. That would be the closest clockwork factory? Yes. Well, then I'm worried also that it's going to be fa like father, like son. Mm. If he catches the wind that there's people here who claim to be from 20 years in the future, he might say... Oh, I can I use you. Speak to these people. Yeah. Let's just go try to talk to Mr. Jolly then. <laughs> yeah, why not? What do we got to lose? We go back to the mansion. All right. I, I go up to the stone golem and I knock on his chest. I'm like, <laughs> we need to speak to someone of importance. Yeah, we go up to the front. Well, actually, we go up to the front door and I wait to see what kind of response we get. Stone guy comes up to you. What business you have? We wish to... Have an audience with Mr. Jolly. Do you have an appointment? We would like to make one. Enough talk. Leave it be. What does he say? That's what he sounds like. You can't understand him. You can ask him again. I hold up uh, the invitation. And as I, I say, uh, we need to speak to him about the auction. Three days. Come back in three days. It's important information he has to have before he sells it. John! John! And uh, a guy comes down... <laughs> I understood that. <laughs> ...comes down the uh, driveway, and he's behind the gate. And he goes, Hello, gentlemen. Uh, and he has a vest, and he puts his thumbs in his vest. What, goes, time of, what time of day is it? Afternoon. Good afternoon. Afternoon. My name is John. Uh, is there some way I can help you? Yes. Uh, we'd like. I'd like to speak with Mr. Jolly, if I could, concerning the black book page that's for sale. All inquiries can be made formally in three days. Mr. Jolly will not be seeing anyone. Before you go, I assume he's just standing there still talking to us? Yeah. Before you go... We do think it's rather important. It's less of an inquiry and more of a, how would you put it, a very important piece of information he needs to know. Diplomacy. David, you can give him a, you can roll and see if you can't aid another and give him a plus two. How do I do that? Just roll, and then if you get 15 or more, you, get, you can give Dom a plus two. You roll plus diplomacy, of course. I do not. Oh, plus diplomacy? Yeah. I still don't make it. All right. 22. I will tell you what. Write it, seal it, and I will deliver it to him. Uh, I look at David. Do you have a pen and paper? Mm -mm. I say that to John. I do. 
Not on me, but I'm sure you can find some in the market. Does it? Mm. I stuff my pipe bomb down the rock things. This road. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you have a fragmentation grenade. A living fragmentation grenade. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I push him into the doors and dive out of the way. I do. I don't mean to be that guy, John. I know. And I know you're just doing your job. Does it change anything if we tell you that it's urgent? And I know everyone must come to you and tell you, this is urgent. This is urgent. You speak before I am able to, then write your letter quickly. I will deliver to him if there really is an urgent matter. As you imagine, we're being very safe right now. Mr. Jolly has an item that he has made public. He has. You can understand there are certain undesirables that would use an opportunity to talk to him in order to take advantage of the situation, as such security has become quite tight with very yes. little to no exceptions. I'm yes. sorry if this inconveniences you, but with your invitation, uh, you know, after you give the letter, I'm sure you'll be able to interact with Mr. Jolly in such a way that everyone else can in three days from now at the auction. No inconvenience. We'll happily write the letter, and if, if you can promise us to promise to get it to him quickly, it is information he needs to have. Rondar. <laughs> If these gentlemen come back with a letter, you let me know, all right? Yeah, what we do, we get letter. Okay. I go to the market to acquire pen and paper. All right, you buy some for cheap. No, no, we don't, no, no. We don't want none of this cheap crap. We want the... You want the good? All right, let me look up. Let me look up how expensive it is to get parchment. Two silver pieces. Would you let, You want colored ink? It's more expensive. Yes. That's racist, by the way. 16 gold for colored ink. One silver piece for an ink pen. Two copper piece for the, the, the little thing you drop. Uh, you put the ink in. The well. The well. I don't see anything for a wax seal, but we'll say five silver. Okay, we chuck up the money. This is the guy who is never giving up the money. I already did it. Okay, David, David did. I didn't have to. You have all those wonderful things now. Okay. Um, how do you want me to do this, Caleb? Write the letter. Get... Tell me what it says generally, or if you want to specifically write it down, you can do that. You want to do this in specifics or generally? You can do both. You can give me the general and then I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, write I'm, the specifics later. I'm talking to David. Okay. I'm sorry. That sounded like a real jerk thing to say. I wasn't. That's all right. That's all right. Didn't mean to come out that way. That's all right. But you know what? <laughs> If you don't shut that hole in your face. That's my favorite line from that movie. <laughs> of all the other lines in that movie, that is if uh, uh, um, I'm going to throw you off the side of this boat if you don't shut that hole in your face. I know what I'm putting at the end of this episode. I think I'm going to try to think how I want to word it. Um, Where people from the future were telling you that what you're about to do is about to change and irrevocably destroy and distort the timeline. And that if you know what's good for you and you want to be a a, a kind human philanthropist, you won't sell it and you'll let us touch the paper. It's so outrageous, he has to believe it. Or he could just be a jerk and just ignore us. That's also a possibility. I write something along the lines of the black book page that you're selling belongs to me. But it belongs to me uh, in the future. 20 years from now. It's already caused a lot of trouble. We request an audience with you. No, even, yeah. even at your gate. If you sell it before speaking to us, 
uh, you'll be making a terrible mistake. It could mistake. have grave consequences. We only wish to speak to you about it before uh, you sell it. Okay. Seal it and give it off to uh, Rogar, whatever his name was. Yeah. Your, your humble servants. To dress your humble servants. I write head advisor to the Valerian <laughs> Banks. <laughs> Do you uh, give him contact information? Yeah, you know, One Palace Way, Center, center City. Standing, were the two guys standing on your front lawn? <laughs> Next to the sit there for a couple days. No, no, we give, we, we get, we have a, we give them like the inn or something. Right. We're good courier back to. All right, great. And then we go give it to the Raka, I guess. Hopefully this works. Oh, John, John. I'll give the John later. He's not here right now. Do you know where he is? No. <laughs> Just make sure he gets this. Give it to John. What is your name? Durgar. It's a pleasure to meet you. You know, you've been such a help to us. Really. I mean, this has been such a hard time in this city so far. And you've just been amazing. I want to thank you. You're a good guy. I take out my pipe bottle and I go, taste this. It's delicious. What is this, Zelda, the Dodongo, throw the bomb in? Delicious. No, you have bested me, hero of time. We are heroes of time because we're technically the players. And that, makes us, that makes us heroes. You guys have an ocarina. We'll get one. Uh, we'll get all right. So we deliver the letter. All right. And then go back to the inn, and then I let the innkeeper know that we're waiting on a very important letter and to fetch us no matter what time it comes. You drop him like a little piece of money to convince him there. Yeah, you just send it to him. Necessary. What do you give him? What the hell? Because I'm not doing anything else with my money. I give him the whole 123 gold pieces I have. It's not like I can afford anything. All right, he stays your hand and says, that's not necessary, sir. Please, it's important. This is incredibly important. He takes and buy, it. And buy yourself a personality. <laughs> Listen, he's just a random NPC. I'm cursed to always be generic. Buy a name. GM, will you give me a name? All right, Bob. 100 gold to buy you, Bob. So well, I, I guess have. we like you know ordering some food. Yeah, sure. Uh, some you hookers. To, you're you're eating downstairs in the common area, and lo and behold, who walks into the bar? But Brom, the bard. Ah. And he goes up to the piano, and he's with an elven woman, and he sits down at the piano, and he's you know he's like playing just like a little bit, kind of a little warm up, and she sits behind him with her back against him. Mm -hmm. On the piano stool. I'm gonna shoot this guy in the face in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, she is the one singing while he's the one playing the piano. I go oh, up to him and I go, "In 20 years, when you see me again, I suggest you just step to the side." <laughs> you see, there's other instruments and, and open cases around, but no one to play them, and the bar kind of quiets down. to sing with her. And you see shadow versions of each of them step out, uh, slide off to the side so that they can harmonize with themselves. 
This language you're singing is Elven, which is our world's analog of French. And his shadow version begins to pick up a guitar and strum. Shadow version begins playing a violin. Two people get up and they start dancing with each other. Slow dancing. Some couple. It's an elven couple. Are there any single ladies in the in the bar? Yeah, there may be a couple at the bar. Yeah. Any elves? Yeah, sure. I approach one. Uh, of course, I have my. Don't have my stuff on me. Alright. I, I approach her in an elvish, in, in high elvish. Um, I, I say, may I have this dance? Uh, she smiles and nods and says, I don't see why not. And gets up and begins to dance with you. And I dance with you. And in 20 years from now, I'm going to come back to Korhan. She's going to see me. She's like, you haven't aged a day. Uh, technically, maybe like a week or two, honey. <laughs> and they end. And uh, everybody gives a clap. And the lady says, thank you very much. You're a good dancer. She says in Elvish. Yeah. I, I respond, the pleasure was mine. It was, a, it was an absolute pleasure. And, I, and I, re I respond in Elvish, of course. Right. All right. Um, afterward, I approach Brom. All right. He's like closing up all his instruments. That was well done, sir. Well done indeed. Thank you. Uh, do you... And he kind of looks over to the hat. <laughs> um, I don't live off of compliments. I know. Uh, I gave all my money to the bartender. I, I look <laughs> at David. See what happened. <laughs> I look at David. Can I borrow five gold pieces? Sure. I'll be right I back. I need your bar money. <laughs> <laughs> I grab five gold pieces and I drop it in the hat. Thank you. And I look at him and I say, are, are you two married? Uh, no, no. She kind of laughs a little bit. What is his response? Is he like mortified, like friend zone? No, no. Just as he did. Kind of <laughs> no, no, no. That was incredible. I, I've, I've never seen its equal. I've never seen its equal. Oh, well, I really appreciate that. Thank you. We, we try our best. We look at each other and smile. So where are you from? I'm from around these parts. And I, and I turn my head to her. Uh, she goes, um, I've been here for quite some time. I was here when uh, the Empire was founded. It was my home before it was your people's home. Uh, she's Elvish, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, uh, my home is far to the south. Uh, I'm, I'm just here on the business. Oh, south. Mm. Some nice land there. You know, this used to be a forest? I did read that, yes. And Brom goes, I did not know that. I've had kind of like an urging to get back to nature. It'd be nice to go see another forest. Don't do it. Well, 
<laughs> now that now that you mention it, I do hear that the no- lands in the north are filled with na- 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 natural forests, untouched. Mm. Have to give but it a visit. What do I know? Thank you very much, and you two have a wonderful day. Thanks, I appreciate it. Of course, and and I look back at him. Remember, the north is beautiful. And I turn, and I keep going. And she says, "Thank you." I had to do it, David. I apologize. I go up to him, Oroku Saki. I apologize. I had to. You didn't do anything. That was already gonna happen. Okay, and now we go away. And the theories of time travel commence. Paradox. Did he go to the north because he wanted to, or because I told him to? Dun dun dun. Um. Now we wait for our messenger person. If they come. If they don't, then we're sitting here waiting for three. Everything gets white. Of course it does. As the picture starts to become more clear, you're you're looking at a, a man, a man dressed in a custodial outfit, pushing a cart of cleaning supplies down a metal hallway. Everything's very metallic in this area. He walks by some man in a military uniform of some kind, one that you haven't seen before. The men nod to each other as the custodian passes him by. A few moments later, after they've passed by, the custodian stops, turns, and waits to see the man turn the corner. As soon as he does, he abandons his supplies, goes over and picks the lock to this room that very clearly says, Authorize Personnel Only. He unlocks it and enters the room. Inside this room is some sort of control room. There's levers and gears and a great big pane glass window. And looking through it, you can see clockwork being created, moving down a conveyor belt. The scene changes. Now you see a group of people in the lobby of the palace. Four or five people wearing commoner clothes. And the secretary looks up to them and says, The emperor will see you now. They get up and they go to enter the throne room. The scene changes yet again. Man is being patted down, and knives and other simple weapons are being taken off of him. The Korhal police, who are patting him down, say, You may enter now, and let him in to the police station. The man steps inside the vestibule that has a piano to the side, and the room is empty for the moment. The scene changes yet again. Two druids are in bushes, looking from a small distance at the front of the SCP Foundation. As just then, a cart teleports next to it. The door opens and out steps Mr. Su Chong. The scene changes yet again, and you see some sort of grand meeting room. Men sitting in a circle of chairs, talking to one another, wearing high-class robes. They talk about increasing the discretionary fund for the emperor, and other such matters of state. You zoom out of the building to see six Lin Kuei ninjas in a cart waiting for something, readying themselves. The scene changes yet again, and now you see someone pushing a food cart down a hallway, and they are stopped, searched, their badge examined, and allowed to enter a room. And there, sitting with another person discussing matters of importance, is Alexandra Mahone. She looks up to see the room service person and asks them to pour a drink and leave person nods and pours a glass of wine. You flash back to the clockwork factory. The janitor pulls a lever and warning bells go off as all the production grinds to a halt and you can hear running down the hallway. The janitor puts his back up against the wall right next to the door, preparing himself for something. Suddenly two empirical guards enter the room 
and there is a tussle between them and the janitor. The janitor, through swift, quick movements, manages to surprise one of them, come up behind him, and pull his gun out of his holster, and shoots the other man, dead while sleeper holding the other man, and he passes out. The janitor stoops down and pulls a key off of a necklace around the man's neck. He goes over to the panel, puts the key in, turns it, and another panel lights up. The janitor presses the button, and many, many warning bells ring out. As the great basins of molten liquid hanging over the production release and fall, fall, and smash into the clockworks, pouring liquid hot metal all over them, the janitor takes off the clothes of one of the officials, puts them on, takes the gun, and shoots himself in the shoulder, drops the gun, and runs out of the room, holding his bleeding wound. As he runs out of the room, a group of six other guards run past him, and he declares, Intruders in the control room! In the control room! The men run past him. He walks by, smiling, and leaves the facility. The scene changes yet again to the man in the police station. He goes over to the piano, making sure no one's around, and he disconnects one of the wires, wraps it around his hand, and puts his hand in his pocket. He goes over to the next room, there's a secretary says to the secretary i'm here to meet with specialist ramsey and she escorts him to his office ramsey greets him and goes to shake his hand they shake hands and the man with the piano wire in his pocket twists ramsey's hand gets behind him pulls out the piano wire and begins to garrote him the specialist struggles kicks around objects but can't manage to scream as he's being choked the man whispers into Ramsey's ear. Eric Sachs says hi. Ramsey's eyes widen in recognition as he struggles, struggles, and then struggles no more. He's dropped to the floor. The man tries to leave, but the noise was too much. In come two guards. The man pushes past them. The guards turn, draw their guns, and shoot the man dead right in the doorway of the headquarters of the KPF. The scene changes again. The room service attendant finishes pouring a glass of wine. A small vial concealed pours a few drops of liquid into the wine. The attendant swirls it around and hands it to Mahone. She dismisses him and the attendant leaves. As he leaves, he bumps into another serviceman, apologizing, but quickly and secretly switching name tags with the person. There's screaming. Mahone struggles, starts foaming at the mouth. Seems to be choking, holding her neck, and she falls over, convulsing in a seizure. Quickly, everyone realizes what happened as a glass of wine falls from her hand onto the floor. Some help Mahone while the others leave to capture the servicemen. And as they run, they point, Hey, you, stop! to the person whose name tag had been switched. They rush and tackle that man. Meanwhile, the man who poisoned the drink leaves. A carriage comes by to pick him up and gets in, smiling. The scene changes to the SCP Foundation. The druids hold out their hands. The druids begin magical movements and speaking in an incantation. And the sky grows dark. A bolt of lightning strikes the ground. And where the lightning struck, the ground forms into a great earth elemental. At the same time, branches overgrow from the trees, come up together to become some sort of golem made of wood. It begins raining, and water mixes with dirt to make mud, and a mud elemental forms. Lightning strikes a rock formation, melting it partially, and a magma golem appears. All the clockwork kick into gear, and a battle is had. Su Chong runs quickly to get to the safety of the foundation, but vines grab his foot and drag him into the woods. As he passes the magma elemental, it grabs him, wrenches him so hard it snaps the vines, puts his hands to his mouth, forcing open and breaking Su Chong's jaw. The elemental begins to heave as he regurgitates magma into the throat of Su Chong. 
His bottom drops out from him as his gut opens, as it burns through his body. The clockwork quickly dispatch these golems, winning handily, but not in time to save Suchong. Flash to the Senate's chambers. The carriage doors open up and the six Lin Kuei step out and rush into the building. People around are surprised by this sudden burst of action, but don't know what to make of it. The council members are discussing something, and suddenly they hear as the room grows dark, as all the window shutters close, and all the doors close. They hear the sound of sudden bursts as smoke begins to fill the room. It begins to choke them. They can't breathe. They rush to the doors and windows, but can't get them open. They all struggle and struggle, but in vain. And one by one, like flies, they drop onto the floor, moving no more, ceasing all signs of life. Inside the Emperor's throne room, he passively states, as he has a thousand times before, how pleased he is to speak with citizens of the Empire, and asks what he can do for them. They reply, there is but one thing you can do for us, great Emperor. And in a whirl of action, swords and ropes appear in their hands. They throw darts out with the ropes attached to them, hitting the ceiling, and vault themselves over the line of Praetorian Guard, and land all around him. They engage with his personal guards, but one manages to engage Valerian himself. Valerian reaches for his flail, but the Lin Kuei stabs his side, lodging the flail in place. The Emperor is caught completely by surprise, and the Lin Kuei begins swinging his sword. The Emperor dodges left, dodges right, and then the Lin Kuei gets a solid strike into his shoulder. The Emperor cries out in pain, and then declares, ENOUGH! The Emperor bursts into flame, and becomes the embodiment of living flame. He rips out the side, throws it to the ground, takes out his flail, and cracks the head of the Lin Kuei, killing him instantly. The other Lin Kuei are dispatched and aren't able to get to Valerian quick enough. The Emperor is pulled back by Duran and the guard, and Valerian cries out, Get them alive! I want them questioned! I want to know who sent them! I want to know who sent them! You can hear Kaiser Soze's voice. He is reciting something. Woe to the hands that shed this costly blood. Oh, as I wounds now do I prophesy which like dumb mouths to ope their ruby lips, to beg the voice and utterance of might. A curse shall light upon the limbs of men. Domestic fury and fierce civil strife shall come by all the parts of this place. Blood and destruction shall be so in use, and dreadful objects so familiar, that mothers shall but smile when they behold their infants corded with the hands of war. Our pity choked with customer fell deeds, and Caesar's spirit raging for revenge. With eight by his side, come hot from hell, shout in all these confines with a monarch's voice. Cry havoc, and let slip the dogs of war. Cry havoc, said he who fought chaos with chaos, and let slip the dogs of war. And that is where we will end today's session. Trailblazers is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. Your players have been David and Dom, and Caleb has been your GM. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening.